Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and each week, as I'm sure you know, I invite a creative over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London, culture and creativity. We've just flown past 5,000 listens on the podcast and that's all within the last three months. So massive thank you to everyone that's listened to it, shared it, sent messages of encouragement and of course all the guests who, had they not been willing to come over and talk, we wouldn't have had this amazing set of stories. Let's keep building the set, keep the messages coming in, the listens going up, and I'll keep the ball rolling. This week I've got Johnny Banger, or as some of you may know him, Sports Banger. I've known Johnny for years since my days in Brighton, and when I met him, he was DJing around the city at various events, and he actually ended up, along with his good friend Daps, holding down the decks at the open mics that we used to put on at my shop every weekend or so. I saw the start of his first brand, which was hilarious as it was very unexpected and took the UK pop scene by storm. There was a real clear wave of resonation, understanding and simplicity that came from that t-shirt. It was perfect for the scene and the public gave back exactly the same energy. But Johnny's that guy, he understands, he gets it and quite clearly too. This was really dope, getting to fill in the gaps, talk about old times and hear about his journey so far and also getting a glimpse into what Sportsbang is about. And well, as you must know me by now, I'm the story hunter, I loved it. Enjoy. This is F24. He's like, yes, Johnny. He's like, wicked. He's like, yeah, these t-shirts, like, definitely put that one in the video. He's like, the first bit of it's like white. He's like, can you can you put this cap on? It's like a white nightcap with a metal tick. And I was like, I don't wear Nike and I don't wear white caps. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I can wear it. I was like, not with a night tick on though. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. He's like, <laughs> he got a knife off the side, then broke off the metal tick and gave it back to me. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So now I'm wearing this white cap. Chapter one, Colchester. Johnny's from Colchester, Essex, and this is where it starts for him. And he tells us about his family life, school, and one part of the story which I think holds a lot of weight was his choice in having to pick a place for school work experience. He left it to the last minute, which usually means something boring, but not for Johnny. He was looking for something real, something with substance, and for good reason. He tells us about the city, the hangouts, people who inspired him, and then the steps and reasons why he was ready to move on. Thank you, Johnny, man. Thanks for coming, bro. All good. good to see you. Long time, innit? Definitely, it's been a minute. Mm. I visited the shop last year. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, with Josh, yeah. Yeah. How's he now? He's 18 this year. He's been, I've told him many times. Yeah. Go to John. He'll call me. Don't worry. Just go and pick some shit. Yeah, I will. He's Mm. just shy. Good, good. Yeah. But he's repping the tees still. He's repping the tees. Thank you for coming around, man. All good. I've got ropey curry at the station. Oh, nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I what, at the corner place? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was it all right? No, terrible. Oh, good. But all good. Oh, good luck. All right, thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Paco, man. Well, look, let's, let's start at the beginning, man. So let's tell them where you're from, man. Where you... uh, I'm from Colchester, Essex. Colchester in Essex. Yeah. What was that like then? Uh, it's, it, was, I had, it was wicked. I enjoyed it a lot. I, uh, it's a garrison town, isn't it? So it's uh which is main main sort of army town. So you got you got the army estate and the garrison stuff. So you've got you just got a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, sort of like townie, you know, townies and uh and and army army people. Was there work there? Like for like the people, like for the elder people, the older people, was it unemployment or? No, I think I think work was alright. You know, yeah. so um, it was just a normal town had this massive army section in it. Normal town, massive army stuff. It wasn't really, you know, just, you know, I mean, there wasn't much really going on. I mean, you had Roller World. That was pretty much a saving grace for any young person yeah. down there. Um, but yeah, but I was, it was like, fun. Sorry? It was fun. It was just normal, cool fun. It was fun just running about, you know, yeah. not too much trouble. I mean, just trouble if you want it, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, had a, I had a good one down there. So, Wicked. Wicked. Um, What was school like? School, 
school was all right. School was fine. Went to Philip Morant in Colchester. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so it's, so it's me and my brother. Okay. And then, uh, and then my mum. So it's a single parent thing. I see my dad at weekends and that. Yeah. Um, so, and they, they, they split up when I was like four or something. And then, um, like weekends, I go and do football and stuff with my dad. Uh, I used to go. Still live in Colchester, yeah. No, he, he lives in Portugal. He was living in oh, Brentwood then. Brentwood is is that near? That's like yeah, it's about an hour away. Oh, sort of thing. Come pick you up every weekend. Come pick us up. Um, it's like me and Josh. Yeah, and then he, he, you know, he showed me a lot. I mean, like from the age of like ten to fifteen, I was working like his best mate at a sports shop in Farnborough. Yeah. Which is called like Royal Sports, named after Roy and Allen, his two kids. So, so we go and work in a sports shop um, and we work like markets and car boots and stuff as well. Amazing, man. That was the main, like, a lot of shit you did with your dad. He was showing you some brilliant work. Showing that, yeah, because I mean, before that, uh, he was like London Federation of Boys Clubs and Essex Boys Clubs. So it was all football and boxing. Okay, wow. Sort oh, of inner yeah. city kids and that. Yeah. Then after that, he was sort of on that sort of hustle. Um, it, was, it was only when that shop sort of shut down and his, uh, his mate went to prison and I got the article from the Guardian that I realised it was all like hooky gear from Portugal like all the Burberry Ralphs everything we shot here and all the sports were it's all fake it's all fake <laughs> <laughs> so it's all come full circle it's Go all a bit Essex. weird yeah. <laughs> like when I was 10 my brother got me a mind warp tape pack because yeah. Colchester was like uh, it's kind of like hardcore there used to be a lot of raves down that way yeah but I was too young for that but was this I, the 90s for you then that you were too young? yeah 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 my room was covered in all the flyers I had really? no idea what all the smiley faces and that were but I'm a slip mat so let's um jump back a sec how, yeah. the, how did you get into like what what made you aware <clears throat> so at 10 you're working at this shop yeah just selling hooky gear whatever it's a Saturday job you get introduced to it you just yeah, work yeah. whatever you don't know yeah but then what gets you into music like what makes you oh it's my brother so he's three years older okay right and um and then yeah he, he got me a tape pack for my birthday uh-huh. so it's hardcore full of all the pianos and stuff yeah so I'll be on like little school trips and a little tape pack just for, you know it's two two earplugs in doing that killed that tape pack a bit killed it yeah yeah and they were, and then the flyers were along the same time. Flyers, I was into flyers at a young age as well, actually, because yeah. they were just everywhere and looked amazing. Mm. Yeah, basically, we go to tell Joey that you just go to uh, go to record shops and just like yeah. just just grab all the flyers. What record shops were they down in? Because like a place called Underground, uh-huh. uh, Underground Records, or Underground Connection, or something, just uh-huh. on like Queen Street. And you had like Time Records, um, a few other spots. I ended up doing that work experience in a hip hop record shop in Colchester. Oh, wicked! Called Lostwood Records, and that was all like hip hop stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I had all the hardcore things and tape packs and stuff, and you listen to what your brother listens to. Yeah, and then you're in that at a young age. You can't go out and experience it, but you can mm. love the music. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I think uh, was it? I remember. I remember being around my mate Ed Selix. Like uh, he went to a different school. But we go to like Roller World together and stuff. Yeah. Um, so what was that Roller World? It was just like, just all the people from different schools skating around. Just hanging out there. And just hanging around. out. It's like arcade machines. Five P fruit machines. Yeah, wicked. You yeah. know, yeah. like mix all, mix, all the, mix all the drinks together. Yeah. See what happens. Um, couples time, grab a partner, skate around. <laughs> Shelly from Clacton, first girlfriend, big up. Wicked. <laughs> um, but then I think he, he, like my mate Ed played me a tape uh, of someone I've come to meet later in life called Daps. All right, yeah. And I do the hip hop stuff on. And I was Daps like, oh. DJing? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a tape he put together. Yeah. Then, um, and then I went to find out sort of more about that. So I went to a hip hop record shop, Lostwood. Um, Cause you know, when everyone has to go and do work experience and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think I'd, I think I hit up like SGR Colchester radio. Okay. It's one of them last minute things. It's yeah. like, you got to sort out your work experience by like, you know, by Tuesday. Yeah. And it's, and it's like Thursday, I've like completely muffed it all. So then I ended up going into this record shop um, just off the high street next to like Roman's hairdressers. And I was like, all right, do you walk in your little puffer jacket, do you do work experience? <laughs> they all looked a bit confused and uh, the shop stunk. Um, okay. But yeah, they, they took me on. And it was, uh, yeah, it's it a weird time of life, isn't it? Because, so like my, my old dear got ill when I was 13. Um, she got like leukemia and stuff. Oh, shit. And then, and then, so me and my brother, we got split up at one point because it was a single parent thing. Yeah. I had to go and live at my mate's house. Then my brother went and met him, lived at his mate's house. Fucking hell, in, in town still? In, yeah, in Colchester. Yeah. And then you'd see your brother at school. You'd be like, you're right. Yeah. How you right. doing? Yeah, yeah it's this pretty bleak, isn't it? weird, isn't it? But then round round my mate's house, then then his older brother who is at uni, you mm. go in his room and he'd have some like CDJs or like you know CDs and that, and a sub in there just like pumping your music. Um, so so that kind of got me you know interested in that. I, I needed something to take my time. Yeah, blatantly to get you know, off that. Yeah, something right. to distract you. How old are you? But at 13, 14. So I was, I was like thirteen. Then that went on. We would split up for a bit. And then your old dear gets better and you move back into the house. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you need to get out of the house and do stuff and that. Yeah. Then, uh... So you get start getting ready. So you do two weeks at this hip-hop shop. Yeah. And is this at the same time you're living at these... Your mates are. This, this was after. Yeah. I think. So you were already you already knew the sounds then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of sounds... I was sort of into... I was looking for something, innit? Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of grabbed me. Um, and I don't know like I ended up getting like a you know a little shitty mixer yeah. belt drive deck and that was me then again got another belt drive deck uh, and then records isn't it records all the way just loads and loads of records yeah get well into hip hop yeah yeah um, so so what was that so it was like 13 to 15 um, she died when I was 15 oh shit um, so it was just like me and my brother in the house yeah. Yeah. Because your brother's 18, but. He's then. 18, so he could be my guardian. Yeah. So then it was just me and him in the house. Oh, shit, man. And like. Um, that conversation must have been nuts. It, it wasn't really a conversation, it just kind of just happened. Yeah. And then my old man would come down and stay for a couple of days or whatever. But I didn't go off the, off the rails or nothing. It's just like the last thing anyone needs is me to fucking start being a twat. Yeah. And you got on your brother? Yeah, to an extent, like yeah. chalk and cheese and that. But yeah, but you got you know, yeah. got and you knew with, what to do, when to do it with him mm. as well. Yeah, but then you know, like from from like uh, from then go like going to the record shop and that. Then I sort of you know knew the elders and that. So then I spent my evenings every night like cycling around, cycling through the army estate to make the rafferties. Right, like Irish family. Their old man was in the army, but I had this. Uh, a uh, little house with a little like shed on the end you can go through the alley then just straight into the shed <laughs> I just used to sit there like with the shed heads the older lot just like just smoking all the time just yeah. list, just listening to rap in it just listening to rap non-stop and then just cycle home um, <laughs> we just kept on feeding that knowledge mm. what was school saying at the time how did it go school school was fine like I was you know I just did you finish 
Yeah, I finished it. Like I was, you know, my grades were just, you know, like C, two Ds, yeah. like whatever. Um, but I was just mates with everyone. I was mates with like a lot of people from different schools and stuff. Yeah. And just kind of like, used to get on with people, innit? Running about everywhere. Just running about, yeah. just running about. <laughs> non-stop. Hasn't stopped either. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into hip hop and coming of age, like 16, 17. Yeah. So I remember like, uh, so then from doing like the work experience bits and that and then just hanging out in the shops and doing all this stuff and running about and then so I ended up going to college when I was 16 yeah Colchester sixth form <coughs> how was that that was alright um, what did you do there uh, sold a lot of weed and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what qualification did you get John yeah, go but, for? <laughs> uh, um, I did like media studies yeah I think did like an AS in photography. Oh wow! English language. Fucking hell! You went in. I think I had a little. I had a little radio show. Did like a little. They had a little radio journalism course or something. Yeah. So I just locked myself in the studio and just like pumped that out. Um, you know, even at school I was just running around with the tapes to like the different areas, just like pumping your tape, fucking yamming bags of wheat crunchies and that. <laughs> um, so, so yes, yeah, so I did. Did and college. What making mixtapes? Yeah. 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 And then, like, I was putting night, like, I, was, I think I did my first, my first DJ set out was, I think, I think I was 15. It was 15 or 16. It was like, it was New Year's Eve. I did the seven till eight set <laughs> um, at the Fornis and Firkin next door to the Hippodrome on Colchester High Street. Yes. Um, How did you get that? How did I get there? Yeah. I, get, oh, I, I knew, like, like, I just knew the older lot, so I knew, like, Will and Paula that like run the pub wicked and then my mates that promoted a night there it was called Epoch like one of them like Chuck Chaplin he played like the tear out drum and drum bass set at the end like he's got like you know Ram Records tattoo okay uh, <laughs> all that stuff I, I used to go around you know I used to go around a lot of elders like spots whether like they lived in a bed sit yeah. or on this estate or that and uh, everyone was cool with it like my you know uh, was there a lot of people like music was a thing then in Colchester all the young people weren't up, obviously people older than you were the, the, like, there, there was there was like, a scene there was a scene yeah yeah because yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah there was a scene um you know, something to really like yeah just get if, on with if you're an inquisitive mind you could yeah. find something yeah you know so and then you meeting these people these so what people making music there was predominantly yeah people making music like I'd always be like you know hanging out in a shed or around someone's would be a little NPC yeah so you see all the different factions of it you know it was all happening yeah and then if you get into hip hop and that and then someone shows you like the sample that's lifted from. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, what, funk records and soul and all that. Yeah. So all like, oh, right. So you get a, you know, or even like like people making flyers and all that stuff. So th so then when I was at college, I'd, I was putting on my own night, a place called Fashion Fashion Cafe. Wicked. I think I was like 16 or 17. I drew the whole flyer. Wicked. Put, put them all up around like college. Um, yeah. So yeah, always always doing that shit. Um. So how old were you then? you're putting out hip hop mixtapes yeah yeah just recording no, them for yourself yeah, yeah 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 giving them out to people letting them people know yeah. who you are and how many gigs did you get to do before I did um, you, but like by the time you finished were you still by the time you finished college were you still doing gigs yeah 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 uh, you know I'd be like DJing for MCs uh, mate had a regular night at the Oliver Twist like a sort of indie pub but they uh -huh. did a hip hop night there uh, they get people down 
you know what I mean? Like Rodney P, Wicked. like Mr. Thing and that. Um, and I, I did a, I had a DJ battle, mm. like comp thing. I, think I won, I won the first one I was in. Um, I think I was at 16 then. <laughs> and then I had to defend, defend my title. <laughs> um, How was that? That was right. Basically, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have won the first one, but you know, I got the young card in it. Okay. And then the second one, I probably should have done better, but it's, you know, it's, right. but everyone was mates anyway. So. It must've been, um, like, there was a lot of support from the culture to, for you then that you went and found like yeah. meeting loads of people and knowing loads of people from running around the town anyway around the city yeah. do you um, what made you do you think just go further than just being a bedroom DJ what made you think I'm gonna go um well, really put yourself out there, like, yeah, stand like, on the stage everyone, with your hands You were going to sheds. You were going to people's bedsits. Yeah. You know I mean, you were seeing people yeah. play wicked music, but at home. Like, yeah. You know, loads of bedsits. Well, it's because it's, 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 it's I saw that side of things, but then then I saw them then take that outside of the bedroom. Oh, wicked. Some of them were. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. So all these nights they were doing, they were involved in that. Oh, wicked. So you see like, you know, you see the day-to-day thing. Yeah. So they were doing And then, and then like at the end of the month, then it's like, oh, right, this thing, now I get to go to that, like in the side door or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, um, so I got to sort of see the whole wow, yeah, so process got, of it. Yeah, you got to see it further than that. Yeah. So that was super inspiring and being in college. It just seemed like a natural thing. It's just like, yeah, this, this is, is what, what this is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get good at this. I'm gonna yeah. be a DJ, and then I can start putting on shows at nights and yeah, wicked. Yeah, just something to do in it. So, how old were you when you came to Brighton? So, so then, so then, eighteen, like uh, eighteen, I got, I went to do a music production course uh, at Sussex Uni. Oh right, it's like an HND thing. Yeah. Um, and then I'd been to Brighton before because a couple of the older mates were down there. Then this course ended up is based in Eastbourne, right? And I so I I just did the course to get out of Colchester. I just had to got to get out. Time to go. That's yeah. that's the only way to get out. Yeah. So so then I went and did this course. Like I had my BMX. I, I, I thought basically before I moved there I thought yeah I can just cycle along the coast like twenty minutes on my BMX and I'm in Brighton. <laughs> Didn't realise it's a forty minute train journey yeah <laughs> so then I was living in Eastbourne for like the first year oh shit and uh the first day of the course you meet everyone on there and it's like you know where you living everyone was living in Brighton so I was just like and I was living in Eastbourne so I was in Eastbourne on my ones I was like this oh, is man. fucking bullshit like dancing on tables in the house of commons by yourself <laughs> it's fucked um but then I, I met I met some heads down there um it's like this old builder with like fat sausage hands, stank of piss, constantly smoking hash, called Jez, I think it was. Yeah. Um, he used to have a little scratch. He had loads of records like, all out their sleeves in the house around the corner from mine. Um, met some of the older lot down there. Chapter two, culture. Johnny learned an awful lot at a young age and he got the hard work ethic and also filled the community aspect from his dad's life, which played a part in Johnny's in terms of his future and how he sees and helps people but he also learnt a lot about finding inner strength through losing his mum as a teenager. That must have been incredibly hard for him, but he worked his way through it, and with his brother by his side and a love for music and a constant yearning to learn and understand more, Johnny cracked on. He gets himself to Brighton via Eastbourne and heads straight to the UK pop scene and hooks up with old Colchester friends and starts DJing. 
Johnny tells us about his time down there, what he saw and achieved, his first t-shirt and the nights he put on. And we chat about his impact on the town, releasing music and what led him to his next stage of his journey, London. He tells us about friends that helped him up there, job positions that taught him a hell of a lot more, and seeing damsels in distress and making t-shirts in support of them, which led down a massive rabbit hole of an idea and concept, which becomes a run-up to what he does now with Sports Banger. And then, and then I was always going to Brighton, you know, because I knew some people down there, weekends or whatever, staying over. Yeah. And started DJing at nights down there and promoting shit. So who did you meet in Brighton? Because so, you were saying Daps earlier, you heard mm. the tape of his. So I know him from Brighton. Yeah, so about Daps, uh, Stevie Cliff, Ernest uh, Geek, would you speak? There's, there's quite a few cultures heads down there. Wicked. Did you know them in Colchester as well? Yeah, I knew them in Colchester. They looked after me when I was on work experience. Oh, like like in, in, in the record shop, I did it. Like the first week, this bloke, Dino, who owned the shop, kind of looked after me. Mm. The second week, he's like, oh, I'm going to New York to buy records. And then like basically the shop was left to me. And uh, my mate, Big Paulie. Big and we had, Yeah, yeah. So we had no idea what we what we're doing he had to look after me yeah. I had to just change over the plug from the you know from the SNES to the N64 <laughs> and uh, and then just people coming in just fucking dropping off loads of hash behind the counter that was pretty much <laughs> pretty much work experience but that's uh, is that where you met Big P? yeah 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 met him through all that wicked so um, in Brighton what yeah. were you getting what what was your plans how did you see it panning out Absolutely no plans. The plan was get out of culture stuff. Yeah. And then see see what happens. And then I didn't finish my course, but I'd already started DJing then. Mm-hmm. And then I was DJing at loads of nights in Brighton, you know, the warm up slots and that. With like big names and that. All the, you know, public public enemy, fucking Jizzer, you know, Black Alicious, Black Twang, fucking Cool Keith. Like all that lot. All the promoters were using you then, putting you on. It's, it's mainly one sort of one or two promoters who were running all the nights there, and they would sort of like put me on. So many fucking nights we had there, man. So many fucking it was nights. Ridiculous. And it, it was them nights which kind of like pissed me off a bit because you know no one. You get the early slot, and yeah. then you know no locals are getting on or nothing, and then yeah. I was just like, well, can't can't we just put on a night in a pub in it? <laughs> <laughs> so then I put on beer and rap that True. night. So what was happening? It was these the the, the, the bigger <laughs> nights. They were there was loads of them. Yeah, but you just noticed like well, it was all American and all sort of you know student focused and like you know it's like at the event or you know at Concord and all this yeah. kind of shit. When there's a lot of stuff going on, which you know we wanted to have a raz like yeah. and, and play not not from like eight till nine or nine till ten. Yeah. So. <laughs> what came up? What was it called? Uh, beer and rap. Beer and yeah. rap was the night um, at the Prince Albert. At the Prince Albert, yeah. For that lasted quite a while till it got fucking amazing. Yeah, it got shut down um, after like the fireplace collapsed. I think <laughs> we brought like Ra Rugged Man over for his first UK shows. Um, I can't even remember how that happened, but yeah, people coming down from Scotland and everything. The place fell apart. That was the end of that night. <laughs> it's a way to go out of the bang. Yeah. So beer and rap, you were basically catering for um, all the Brighton rappers, DJs, giving them a night yeah, and not, letting the UK guys come in. and Yeah, like like just catering for some of my mates, but then also because I was going up to, I was going up to London um, for, I was going to a, like Speaker's Corner shows and that. So I knew all like the other heads and I had a show on HFM, like the Pirate Radio thing. Uh-huh. 
when that was based up in sort of Mile End Tower Block. So you were going up from Brighton to Mile End and playing on that? Yeah, yeah. We were like my travel bag and then like, you know, bars on the concierge, password was Def Jam. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking shit is password. <laughs> and uh, you know, walk, walk up to floor four, bell on the stairs. No, sorry, lift to floor four. Yeah. Bell on the stairs. Then walk to floor five. They let you in. And I was doing a show after... I did the show after Disorder. Yeah. Um, and then the show before sort of like Steez and managing that. Um, so that's kind of, I think, how I met all them a lot. Um, what brought you in on that show? That was... So like Pavan and like the Foreign Begs and that, they got a show on, on HFM. Yep. And they, I don't know why, but they brought me in to kind of like help, you know, DJ on the show because I think they were obviously quite busy and stuff so I could do the shows then about two weeks after they sort of landed that show then they got offered like BBC Asian Network <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so they fucked off and did that and I just had the whole HFM show which is like the beer and rap show which I did on that um, so yeah amazing stuff man mm. and, what, and so one thing led to the next thing so you were doing those shows which yeah. then led to getting the radio shows yeah but you also started to you made beer and map a clothing label and like a record label of sorts yeah so I, I mean in, in Brighton anyway I did like I did work experience at True Thoughts Records oh did you do that yeah I didn't know that yeah Tom. yeah yeah with Tommy Simpson and Rob Louie and that yeah just uh, you know what I mean just mailing out records just seeing how it all works really so I did all that um, and then, then, so I was doing the nights. I had the radio show thing going. Um, you DJed at the shop quite a lot. DJed in your shop. Every did Saturday. open mics in your shop. On Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, then I knew rappers. And then I suppose the next thing is to put out some fucking music records in it. Yeah. Mate. The, the fucking stick and rugged man yeah what was it called again <coughs> brain dead yeah that was it yeah fucking amazing yeah that 12 inch like, we he was he was banned f from performing in Europe I think because he kicked someone in the you know in, in, on the front of the stage like man, yeah. yeah in the face or something so he like he was kind of like couldn't perform in Europe or some shit yeah and then managed to get in a hook up to put him on for his first ever UK show with like Sea Ray's Walls and like a couple of others um, and that was at the pressure point mate that was sick Sea Ray's was there R.A. Yeah. and there was someone else oh my god sorry bro I can't remember your name nah Reef uh, the Lost Cause Reef the Lost Cause yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry man yeah that was sick yeah and then and then so out of us as well all day yeah for about a week I remember I took a rugged man to like the, uh, the all night diner and he's like what's black pudding I was like oh, it's like pig's blood you know, he's like yo you English I'm grimy motherfuckers <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah yeah especially in that fucking place yeah. that 24 hour diner it used to be weird like cause, cause you know when people were in town then like the promoter would be like oh can you take can you take fucking like psycho les from the beat nuts out and I was like, yeah, all right. I looked about 12, do you know what I mean? He's in a massive Averex. He's like, anywhere there's girls. He's like, I don't really know that many birds. <laughs> I'll take you to the ocean rooms. <laughs> we'll find one there. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Brighton became Brighton was a big thing for you, wasn't it? It was a proper level up from. It sounds like it was a proper level up from Colchester, but like a it real, was well, it was, it was your it was your shop, innit? it? Like that's where a lot of people met. And it, yeah, daytime thing. Yeah, it, but it was like you know, and it, it was like it was writers, producers, rappers, DJs, like that whole yeah. melting pot, rather than it just being music or just you know being graph or yeah, you know, just all the flies to shit really. It was a fucking sick time we had there. Yeah, so that was that was good times doing that. But so the 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 record drops was amazing. Yeah, Stig killing it with his EP. Well, yeah, because so so then so I think I did like three years in Brighton. I think it's only like three years. Did a year in Eastbourne and then like three years in Brighton. Was it that short? Yeah. You uh, fucking smashed it down there, John. I painted then, the front of my shop with your T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, smashed yeah. Smashed it that much. Yeah, that, I mean, that T-shirt went fucking mad. Mate, when you dropped that. It, it was just like, I heart. Keep it in stock. Just like, I heart, beer and rap. Yeah. And then that. That was the first T you done, wasn't it? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Maybe you'd done the beer and rap logo, the gothic M- style one. Might have done that, yeah. But that, that ended up getting bootlegged, like, when my mates went to exit. They found it in like some urban shop in Serbia. Hmm. Instead of it being like I Heart beer and rap, it was I Heart and then my logo big on the front. What? Like, yeah, yeah, like fucking weird. So, <laughs> super bootleg. Super, they super, went deep on the bootleg. Super bootleg. I mean, I sold a shitload of those t-shirts. Hey, we, could, we couldn't keep them in stock. No. Ever. No. It was amazing. That was um, the best t-shirt ever. So that was that. And then, and I think before, I remember, I remember just like looking around and just being like, you know, there's a lot of bitter, bitter music people in Brighton. And then there's like telesales, mm-hmm. all like retail work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, before I fuck this whole thing up, like I need to just like get out. Um, so then I moved to London. I slept on my mate Roop's floor, on his mum's floor for like three months, I think. Okay. Um, but then before I moved, like I got a job at, Boombox music distribution and suspect packages. Oh, yeah, with Disorder, yeah. With Disorder, Beat Butcher. Yeah. Um, Skeg and that. So I was sleeping on the floor and then going and doing that job. And then, so then when I, when I ended up putting out, like, I was, I was living in, I moved and I was living in a house in Dalston now. Yeah. Queensbridge Road. Like Metropolis mm-hmm. from the Beggars. Um, I remember that flag. Jimmy, Jimmy Crown. Yeah. Um, syntax. And then Stig was homeless. Mm. So he ended up sleeping on our couch. And then, you know, there's, there's only so much you can take of that before you're like, look, come on, bruv, just like, just if you just make a CD, you can make it, you can make an EP in a week. Do you know what I mean? Just all the shows you go to, just sell it. Yeah. And then you'll be able to, pay, you know, get some rent in it. Yeah. Just so, turn it around. Just, just come on. Come like, on. I want you off the couch, bruv. <laughs> like, how can we do this? Such a sick rapper. Um, so then, so I remember, so I, so I paid for like, I paid for. So did did his EP come first before the sync before the? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I jumped, haven't I? Gone. Yeah. So, so what happened was, so I ended up, so I paid for like a load of um, cardboard ones to get cardboard. made, yeah. cardboard sleeves, yeah, so you could shot them at shows, yeah, and then. Like the chain stores, like HMV and all the shops, like they they can't they can't physically stock those CDs. It doesn't fit in the racks and yeah. stuff. So we start getting orders for that, and then like so on my lunch break. Where did you get that made? 
the, the cardboard sleeve ones. No, I mean, where did he put, put do the EP? Oh, he got it recorded at the Beggar's Studio, which is in Whitechapel. Wicked, so you organised him and sent him up there. He was already knocking about with them. And I was just like, look, just do a week, just fucking bang it out. Yeah. So we did that. But then on, on my lunch breaks, we were getting orders for the CD. Mm. And I got, like, I got like a load of like blank jewel cases from Maplin's. I've got one mate to like then actually print all the CDs. Mm -hmm. Then the printers in Brighton, because I used to do loads of nights and that, I just got them to run off a load of like inserts for me just for free. And I'd be like, how many orders we got? And he'd be like, oh, we've got eight for here, two for there. So we'd be like yamming a prawn sandwich and then like guillotining everything yeah. and just like, you know, shunting all these jewel cases together. Yeah. fulfilling them orders to, so then when we had enough money from that then went to Blade and then got an actual full run of CDs Properly, like shrink wrapped yeah. like Blade barcodes because he was providing that service yeah he was doing a lot of like what a yeah See, was it just CD duplicating mm. yeah I think so yeah, yeah. it was just CD wasn't it yeah, yeah. so and so you made then you made a, another copy the second batch yeah which 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 was shrink-wrapped barcodes so we could actually really do, right. do a proper job on it sort of thing. And how were you doing this? What were you doing? Just fucking hustling off your own back? Like just, 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 just hustling, yeah. yeah. We're going to sell this CD, <coughs> me and Stig. Yeah. I'm going to find the shop so you can sell it at the clubs. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the way it went. Amazing fucking, amazing EP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that did the do, innit? Got fucking, <laughs> like Robbie Williams was shouting it out, innit? That's right. It got um, that far, didn't it? Yeah, he ended up paying his rent for a year. Um, that's another story. That's another story for Stig. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. So, and then, so then Rugged Man comes over, you meet him. Yeah, picked up from the airport. So I thought you were still in Brighton at that time. Completely confused. He wasn't at all. No. And, um... But I think, I think I was still doing nights down there. You were still doing... That's what I'm thinking. You're doing nights and you're DJing at my shop. Yeah. Quite often. I think I was still coming... I'm sure I was still coming down. I was still on North Road as well. So this is when we had the massive counter. Yeah, because I was doing raffles and I had like I had all the, the white labels from yeah. Suspect Packages and yeah. that. Yeah. I'd be like, you're playing for the Cashmere album. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just put a quid in a jar like you could win anything. Yeah. 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 White labels, amazing. So yeah. no, you, you must have been travelling, yeah. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth. I think so, yeah. So... You were then like, you knew the power of printing T-shirts. That was like a, although you were really busy working and doing the stuff with Stig. Yeah. I was calling you and other places were calling you, we need some more T-shirts, need more T's. Yeah, yeah. So you were like. Because like, I'd done all that with my old man. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. Through what you'd been through, you knew how to, you knew the supply and demand thing. You understood what production was. Yeah. Cool. And so you that, you kept on going. Yeah. And you were pushing more of the music. Yeah. DJing. Yeah. And then did you start putting on nights in London? Or what, what happened? What happened in London? And how did it, what yeah. formed after? I mean, because that was, that was your transition to London. Yeah. Using those things that you used, made in Brighton. And yeah. Because I was already getting a lot of London heads or like Birmingham heads or whatever to come down to the, the Brighton shows. Yeah. And when I moved to London, then I was doing, I was working there, obviously at the distribution place. Yeah. Then um, I ended up doing some beer and wraps in London. Yeah. Remember at um, Pleasure Unit? Okay. I think it's like the Star of Bethnal Green now. Right, yes, yeah. Let's put on some nights there. 
then I ended up putting on uh, some nights at the Yamasham Arms in Newcross. Yeah. I put on like Dirty Goods first show after he bust case. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was fucking, that was a big show. That's a nice venue as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it good at, good at the time. Um, then I started working at, uh, I went from there, started working at Kung Fu. Like, you know, like the old, firm the, old, the old, yeah, they used to do the old nights and that, but then it's just, That's by right. the time I joined it, it just turned into sort of a media company. So it's yeah. like just scheduling all the flyer, flyer packs and street teams and all that kind of shit. <laughs> like working on Dizzy Rascal campaigns, like the pussy old stickers and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, they were wicked at that shit, man. Yeah. They set up a sick business. So um, Kung Fu. Yeah. Working there. Yeah. Keeping money coming in. Yeah. Making more friends, meeting more people. Yeah. And the, the, the trend, what, what goes on? What's your next like hatch of a plan? Like so, keeping these nights going. Yeah, like the Kung Fu was good because I met, I met Charlie and Leo there. The fucking G's. Man. And they were like, like, I learned a lot from them because yeah. they would do fucking weird shit just for the hell of it. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, did, a thing, they did a thing called Free Shit Salt Grit. Mm. So they basically, they just, they got some, you know, some clear bags, put on free shit salt grit stickers, stuck stuff in them, yeah. and then put them in salt grit containers across London. Like you, you walk past salt grit containers, you don't notice them, yeah. but they haven't got locks on. Yeah. And it's like, look, if you take something out and put something back in, so they started like a little swap shop in these <laughs> salt grit containers, just for the fucking hell of it. Wicked. So all that shit they were doing. Such clever bastards. Yeah, all the shit they were doing. They're doing shit at the ICA, like fucking life drawing buskers. So instead of like still life or any of that, they get like, they just get some busker who's like the fourth wind master of this instrument just yeah. to come and play in the ICA and fucking, yeah, loads of weird booked out shit. Just like, it was there when it's like, just if you have an idea, just bang it out. Yeah. So I learned a lot from them. So then I was working there a couple of years, I think. They're but, geniuses in the guys. Yeah. Man. But I ended up just, I ended up just trading all my money on a Friday for like fishbowl cocktails at a bar at the end of the street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was all hand to mouth, just like hustling nonsense and stuff. But and then, you still knew that you had. There was. Mm, there's, you, you still knew the success of clothing, what you could do with clothing, and you still knew that music was where your money could be made slightly. Like that was going to be a bridge. Well, it's, it's, it, well, more than anything, it was just. It wasn't so much I know I can make something out of this. It was just it was just like what my heart and passion was in. Mm. Was ne you know, I never thought when like I, do you know what we're making earner off this or yeah, put that when out. I say, just, I don't, I, yeah, I, I know, yeah. yeah. I see, I do kind of mean that, but at the yeah. same time, I also mean like this could. It's, we're, we're not in this to get rich. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, really. Let's face it. But no. we don't choose these careers to be rich. We choose <coughs> to be happy. Like, yeah. But the point is, is that you could choose to concentrate on have this sideline job and learn shit kung fu but also still dj and put on nights yeah. because yeah it helps it's not a waste of well, time i think it's all part of the process like a lot yeah. of people do stuff and they make stuff and all that yeah and then that they just it's just blocked there yeah where they have to rely on someone else to do them next stages and i'm just like well gotta do it just bang it out in it yeah just do it yeah. and the point is as well is to keep pushing them layers man keep building them up yeah you can't, they can't ever be a top and if you get blocked at some point just turn left or right and well, it's, it's just like 360 learning isn't it yeah constantly like i've done every job yeah right like, you know, i pot washed in pubs right just like everything yeah just sold bootleg clothing twice yeah <laughs> three times now three times. <laughs> yeah um and then yeah so then i left there and then then where are you living in london at the time still in east 
Yeah, then, oh, then I was in Hackney. Hackney, and how are you finding East London life? It's fine. Do you know, one of the best things was because when I was in Brighton or whatever, yeah, met a lot of people down there, and they're from London. So when they finish their course, then they go back, back home to London, yeah. and they go back to the areas they're from. Yeah, and then you got all these old hang-ups. Right, you know, I got to go and discover London as like a young, a young man. I remember yeah, when I moved, I was, like, I was like, how am I going to get into a club ever again and get like free drinks? <laughs> I was like, I don't even, I don't know how to get anywhere. This is fucked. But I've proper muffed it. Um, and then before you knew it, your friends were back. Yeah, well, no, even, yeah, even, even, you know, even then I was like, right, fucking, like, you know, you, you, like our, our um, costs a lot of money to go out, isn't it? Mate, London's a fucking sting. It's a fucking shitstorm. Yeah. So. It must have been quite daunting. Yeah, but then, and then, well, then, yeah, then after Kung Fu, then I started, got a job working at, at a Vibe Bar in Brick Lane. That's right, yeah. And that I was because someone I used to work with at Boombox. Yeah. Kind of had a link there. person I used to work with at Boombox got a job at Kung Fu. So then when he had a job at Kung Fu, then I went and joined Wicked. over there. Wicked. What a done. Um, yeah. And so at Vibe Bar, were you still putting on beer and rap? No, no, I think I, oh, actually, no, I did a few. You did a few in there, I'm sure. Because Rugged Man was coming over again and like someone had fucked up his booking. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll, like, he reached out to me, so I was like, right, I'll, I'll put it on for you. Yeah. And I did, like, I, yeah, I think I put on like some maestro things or something. Yeah, you put on a few things. I remember Dallison doing the flyers. Yeah. Yeah. So, what happens... You le- when you leave Vibe because you, you, there was a point there was some point where you stopped working for other people yeah and started doing your own thing well I was uh, well I ended up so when I went to Vibe Bud and I was there I was there for five years wasn't it yeah so it started as like the bitch that would just like just like paint a doorway mm-hmm. and just like help help out yeah, I had a space upstairs and the bird that did the bookings for upstairs was useless so they ended up giving me the bookings for upstairs. Yeah. Then after a while, then I had the bookings to do the gallery space and the upstairs thing. And then the downstairs, they ended up giving me the downstairs as well. And then I just had the whole Building. like venue like bookings and stuff, which was which was hilarious. Like it was a madness down there. It's like mini mafia. Like Norris the boss, Windross was my boss. Yeah, like Lee and Alan, he used to run like sort of world dance parties and stuff. That whole Truman thing, that was, um, that was, yeah, that was that was funny years. All the illegal barbacks. There's, uh, yeah. Did you learn a lot there? Uh, I learned a shitload. Yeah, yeah. But it was, um, if you if you were there, like it's it's hard to explain what was going on down there. It was mad. There's a lot of everything flying about. Yeah. Mad old building. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so I was there for like five years. And I was putting like nights on down there as well. Yeah. We do like, uh, I remember we do like, we do Sundays when when the whole like shuffling explosion sort of happened. Uh We used to have fuse opposite our place. People that couldn't get in there would sort of come into our bar, like for that whole deep house, like shuffling, sort of like southeast London and Kent sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> Everyone on Dizzle and they're like they're like Sunday best and stuff. Um, so we were doing nights down there, and even then, then then my bosses were like, you know, this smile and wave 
night well thing which was on Sundays they're like who owns that night and I was like well it's me and two mates like, we well, can't have it every Sunday unless we own the brand hey. so so then I just invented names for different nights and just spelt people's names differently so oh, like really? Sundays we'd have Smile and Wave then we'd have like Lost Bubble then we'd have like Odyssey Sick. and that and then little did they know it was just literally exactly the same, the same people, <laughs> exactly the same setup, just different flyers. And we we're just like, just caking money here and there. And um, yeah, it's fun, funny. Parker, yeah. side hustles <laughs> going on. So what spawned the, the first bootlegs? Like what was, like, what is it that led you to what you do now? How did that pan out? What was that? Well, I, cause I was there and I was hitting my head on a brick wall. Just mm. like, you, you know, your idea is not listened to. You're just like, this is, I'm fed up with this. So I quit my job there. And then, then I started, um, I did like sales for like a month. This place called Halo, uh-huh. which they do like sort of festival builds of things and stuff. I know that company, like, yeah. I had to do that. So I was like cold, cold calling people. Mm. It's like, when I haven't got festivals, I've got downtime. So it's like calling up sort of trade exhibition spaces, going like, you know, would you like this structure? That was, that was shit. Uh, so I knocked that on the head and then I was really on my ass and you know I was living I was now living in Stoke Newington yeah with like Neasy uh, Harriman um, mate Romper and having a right carry on down there party house yeah lots yeah yeah a lot of parties and that um so yeah, through through this period as well, then then I'd met like the, the like from doing the vibe bar things, and I met like the Swamp Eighty One lot, like Lofa, um, Bodycar. Um, what were they doing? So Swamp Eighty One sort of dance imprint, um, kind of is Lofa's label, and then they sort of did things on Rinse FM, and then you know because I was always at the raves and stuff, and kind of like mates with them and certain people mm-hmm. and I had a gob on me then I ended up like hosting for them you know doing doing the words at their shows yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've you, you never done that before well do you know well if you look like the old beer and rap shows then I oh, that's I true. was actually them, I was hosting them innit yeah you did so yeah you kind of sharpened your strings there and then yeah just did, just did it to like a faster bpm in it <laughs> or actually actually to a beat in it because before it'd just be like you just sort of like comparing in between or whatever yeah but this was actually just, just like saying shit to a beat <laughs> <laughs> how did you enjoy that yeah yeah wicked Wait, what, what? well nothing rhymes i was just like put your fucking hands up wicked and just you know it's just like whatever your mate would say to you in your ear in a rave keep saying I was it. that yeah you I was the guy. person with the mic saying what you say to your mate yeah. on the stage wicked smoking a fag head like finally got my free drinks <laughs> so that was sorted it. yeah yeah sorted I've got guest wedding. list and drinks now yes. right yeah I'm level watch out yeah. <laughs> I'm level so what were you going around with them lot mm. yeah so the, yeah loads of festivals and- you know festivals all the shows like everything um which is good and doing their radio show with them as well on rinse yeah yeah fucking hell just like their hype man yeah pretty much yeah pokes and chunky on the mic and then i was sort of like the other the other one <laughs> <laughs> the one that can't rap <laughs> and what name were you using uh so that was, that was johnny banger that was johnny banger like which close one 
gave me that name. So I met a close one on HFM uh-huh. years and years ago. Yeah. When we were paying our subs down a back alley in Camden, Yoba. Yeah. And uh, then years later, then I come to meet him via that whole thing. I was like, oh, you're right. Remember me? Yeah. Yeah. Fucker. Yeah. So doing all that, what, what led, what happened after this? So you met a new crowd. So it, it was, it was everyone I've been running about with anyway mm-hmm. and living with and stuff. But then, so then I was doing like the words on the mic and stuff. And then I ended up doing a, a t-shirt for myself for my birthday, which said free to Lisa um, after she got nicked. So I did that t-shirt. Lisa from? Um, Endobs, isn't it? Endobs, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what made you do that? Because, I mean, she had been nicked and it was just, I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, the, you know, the case, what actually happened to her was, you joke. know, just a fucking joke. Oh, it was joke. just a setup with, what's his name? Yeah, um, Fake Shake. Yeah. Mazir Mahmood or whatever. And what was the rapper? Um, Mike GLC. Mike GLC, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you decided, fuck it, for my birthday, I'm just going to make this T-shirt. Yeah, just for me, just a birthday T-shirt. Yeah. You know, people went fucking mad for it. So. In what way? Like, what? Contacting you? Your no, I, I wore going? it and I walked the street and just like, everyone's stopping to take photos and stuff. And I was just like, hang on. This is, I was like, this is weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is fucking weird. Like, everyone, like be looking at you and sniggering as they walk past or literally like you've been asked for 10 photos yeah. and I was just like hang on alright <laughs> yeah hang on um, that is like 10 times what beer and rap t-shirts were because people love the beer and rap yeah t-shirts. yeah this, this, this bigger thing yeah this was this was, I was like I was like there's something there and then um, I'd met uh, met a guy called Artwork DJ Artwork on a mountain in Austria like what the fuck were you doing on a mountain in Austria? That was doing the doing the music thing, innit? Yeah. So yeah. Swamp Hey One. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So you meet this Mr. Artwork guy. What's he do? Artwork, uh, legendary sort of producer, sort of from the Big Apple Records. He produced oh, right. everything, and he's uh, yeah, the cool guy. And you met him on this cool, mountain. cool guy. Yeah. Uh, I had a kite. We were trying to fly a kite on top of a mountain. Right. Um, we're like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Then, um, then he'd seen I, I had that free Talisa t-shirt, and he called me up. He's like, bang up. He's like, look, if you need some money to print these, you know, I'll lend you some money. So he, he lent me about two and a half grand. Wicked. Um, what a fucking don. You must. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I didn't well. even know him. Like, yeah, still owe him three hundred quid. <laughs> yeah. So what? You met him. <laughs> yeah. You got on with him that well. Mm. He then saw the t-shirt. Yeah. And he was like. Come on, Johnny. Yeah, because he likes he likes a jape in it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he likes he likes any sort of mischief. <laughs> so we ended up getting um, we ended up getting those printed. Would well, you know what? <sighs> Missed that a little bit. So so I'd done that free to these t-shirt for myself. Yeah, and then um, and then it was wireless festival coming up. Right, and then I had like Ollie scream. What year was this? Two thousand fourteen. So what is it? 13. No, 13, yeah. 2013, July sort of time, I think. Uh-huh. He had been hitting me up going, look, wireless festival coming up, I really want to wear that T-shirt. And also Jordan from Rizzle Kicks had been hitting me up going, I really want that T-shirt. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I didn't bother getting them printed, but I just met a bird, didn't it? And then we'd been up all weekend. Uh-huh. And then she had to run off and then go and work at wireless. 
and uh, it's just Sunday. And then I, you know, I wanted to chase her, innit? Uh-huh. And like my only in to a wireless festival was, was in it? these fucking t-shirts, which I hadn't got printed. I was like, bollocks. So um, you got them printed by then? No, so, so then that Sunday she had gone off and I was yeah. like, all right. Then I phoned up a t-shirt printers. I was like, look, can you run off two of these t-shirts? They were like, yeah. So I turned up there, Bethnal Green Road. Yeah. Place called Crazy Prince. One o'clock, sure enough, the shutter's down. They're closed. <laughs> I was like, bollocks. I turned around and the shop did exactly the same thing. So, so I got these two t-shirts printed up. Booted it down to a wireless festival. Like a buggy met me at the door. Um, they both got their t-shirts they went on stage I met the girl before before I'd left the festival the whole thing had gone viral like you know big photos of this t-shirt on stage and everything that had gone viral I had to run off to my night at the vibe bar by the time I got to the vibe bar it was like all over the media and stuff and then then artwork had seen that he's like look if if you want some money to print these up Let's go. Let's go. So end up getting them printed. He turned up to mine. It was Love Box like a week or two later. Uh-huh. So I went down with all these t-shirts. I was like, we're going to make a fucking mint. Sold about three of them. <laughs> um, Why was that? I don't know. Like, does anyone really want to buy a t-shirt at a festival? Yeah, maybe it was the wrong place. I don't know, yeah. But everyone on all the stages, all the artists, I was just giving them out. So just every stage was just free to leave, so wicked. Um so just yeah, took over that. <laughs> what what was she thinking about this? Did she hear about it? Yeah, so I got I got uh I got a message from like her sort of PA manager, Gareth Vari, who's in all the videos with her, used to be his da- her dancer. Okay. That kind of thing. And then um got an email going, me and Talisa just got back from my beef who is in the t shirts, so we think they're great. Can we meet at Lovebox and get a few? So I was like, yeah, yeah. So I ended up meeting, meeting him at Lovebox in the VIP thing. He come bounding over, immediately like whipped off his T-shirt, put a free Talisa thing on. And then, uh, yeah, then that. that so was, uh, are they contacting you through what, Instagram? Um, it was uh, Twitter, I think. Yeah. Or like and my email. So I, I whopped them up online quickly. Just like sportsbanger.com. Oh, so what so how did you come up with this name? Where did that all come from? Well, I was already Johnny Banger. Yeah. Um, I just like the word banger. Yeah. So we won't go into that. Uh <laughs> um I've got that. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> <Go on. laughs> um so, so I was Johnny Banger and then I was, obviously I was always just, you know, fucking obsessed with like sportswear and polo sport. And I was like so it was either banger sports but that sounds shit uh-huh. so I was just like sports banger so this is all this literally this is all kind of coming to you at the same time hmm. you're thinking of this whole package and especially when artwork says look here I've got some money for you you can put some yeah. money to this you can get this going you, you come yeah. up with a brand name yeah I set up brand a big name. cartel quickly um, and this is just with that one T yeah wicked yeah just with that one T but I'd, I'd, I'd knocked up a logo quickly for Sports my thing. So I was like, I knew I was going to bang out more t-shirts sort of thing. You were like, wicked, I've got, I think I found something. I've got a thing, yeah. Because I, you know, because I used to hang around with like loads of artists and DJs and everything. Mm-hmm. I remember like, 
every month like they they would they would have a job where they get like they could get a grand or three grand or five or two grand yeah. and multiple jobs and that and i'd just you know i'd just be working every every day and i get like my 1500 quid at the end of the month yeah. and i was just like when where's my thing yeah where's my fucking thing everyone's getting fucking the nights weren't bringing in much money then it was a lot of love in that nights just absolutely like, do you know what i mean yeah it'd be the, yeah. the night was free basically it well because i was night. yeah no i was Friends always i'd always free. do things like you know three quid or five quid yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah i was just doing it for a raz yeah yeah it was pure love for that shit so yeah you were like where's this fucking money at i was no i was just i was always just pissed off just like i just yeah. want to buy it i just want some new trainers yeah <laughs> i want some new trainers i just want to live yeah like you know everyone's got these multiple scales of like you know of worth or whatever and i just like i deserve a 1500 buff at the end of the month yeah and then so then because I've done sort of t-shirt things before and all that and so I did a free to Lisa and then and then kind of that went out and then then I was then I just had another couple of designs just with a logo sports banger t-shirt yeah and then that was just sort of selling and stuff and that was that was just doing its thing that was cool um then um then Nigella happened which um, Nigella and Saatchi yeah I was, I was umming and iron. I was like, oh, do, I do, do I do a team Nigella? Like, I've done free to Lisa. I don't want to look like I'm just doing the same yeah. thing. But I was like, I was like, oh, fucking like any English female, damsel in distress, cocaine scandal. Yeah. I was like, I'll like, just come to the rescue. Yeah. Like, um, so then I did that, banged that out. Um, that went pretty mad. Um, quite a few different things on that on viral, like when I painted that wall. That's right. And with Andy, was that? Yeah, with Neasy. Yeah. Just uh, it was the day before she gave. Uh, she hadn't given any. She hadn't commented on the whole situation since it happened. Yeah. The only thing she'd done was tweeted a recipe for Happy Holiday hotcakes. <laughs> so then the day before she went into court to actually give her side of the story or whatever. Yeah. Just did that big wall, Team Nigella, and then and I, I went to a shop at like nine in the morning. I come back and it was, it was being like censored like whitewashed yeah but they left like all the stars and everything on the end yeah you know that wall gets painted all the time yeah so it literally got censored so i took a picture of that and then that went so the, the before and after yeah do you know who censored it uh someone called it well it was like hackney council yeah like van and that so it's like someone obviously called up and said get this offensive get this graffiti off the wall get this team nigella off the wall um then I went back there for a little stencil and just like uh, just stenciled I'll destroy you hyphen team Saatchi <laughs> which is something which he was a quote of like one of his sort yeah. of from one of the papers and stuff and that went viral people like Nigella and Saatchi battling it out on the streets of London it's just like me at home just fucking just high just fucking yes. <laughs> just uh yeah just doing that <laughs> <laughs> building a brand yeah wicked <laughs> So what happened when, how did you get into the bootlegs? Uh, so it, it's not even bootlegs, is it? Cause it, they're all twists. Well, yeah, do you know, like the, the so, so like the one which then really went off, like it's like a, like the upside down Reebok thing. Yeah. So you've got the Reebok. So, so, so me, I mean, I remember me and Lofa having a conversation like early in the morning on the phone. And he's like, do you know what, bro? I just want the YSL logo, like upside down. And I was like, yeah, I just want like the Reebok logo. Do you know what I mean? But just fucking upside down. Like them classic ones, which you couldn't get the originals anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
And so then I ended up doing that Reebok one upside down just because I wanted the classic. I'm from culture, so like Reeboks was my thing. Reebok yeah. classics. So, like, so I just wanted the classic colours yeah. of that 90s Vector logo. You couldn't even get the original T-shirts. So I was like, I'll just turn it upside down. It doesn't get you out of anything legal-wise. No. So then I, so I, I whopped that out. Um, and then, uh, then that went... That went pretty bad. I mean, I think it made that go bad. So it's fucking Skepta ended up wearing that. How did that happen? Um, so, so because I, like, I'd always like from the, you know, from the beginnings of Sports Bang, I was always like spouting on about Sports Direct. And just, I just loved how quintessentially just like crass and British it was. It's like, what do you want a mug? He's a fucking massive one at that, <laughs> you know? And just like the fact that, the only, you know, the only other bag you see on the streets like every day without fail. Yeah. You obviously got the iconic Ikea blue one yeah. or you've got a Sports Direct bag yeah. every day. It's true. You see them, right? And so it's that sort of like crass, you know, mentality of it. Um, so... I got like I got like a sports direct workers shirt. Yeah. It's one of my dreams to like basically I just go to a rave and just wear that or like or hosting yeah. and wear that thing. I managed to get hold of one but it didn't fit so it just hung on my wall. Uh-huh. Like pride of place sort of thing. And about six or seven months later, like Skeptor's come on stage and he's wearing a sports direct workers shirt. Everyone's going fucking mental going, that's the hardest thing I've ever seen, blah, blah. And I was like, I was going, what? No. I was going, that's my, I was like, that was my fucking dream. I was like, he's, he's got to that point in his own thinking yeah. or whatever anyway. But then I was just like, I was on this, yeah. like, what the fuck? And then I, I used to do a show on Rinse FM, like after Julie, his sister. Yeah. So then I went in one day and she's like, oh, I saw my brother like wearing the sports direct workers thing. She goes, I thought it was one of yours. I was like, yeah, yeah. And and then uh, she's like, you should send him a couple of things. So she gave me his address. I sent him a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And then I thought nothing of it. Then I saw on Instagram, like he put up a picture of his wardrobe. It's like three t-shirts and just one of them hanging in the front was upside down Reebok. And people are going like, that's the hardest thing I've ever seen. I was going, there we go. Yeah, like, here we go. <laughs> And then I thought that was that. And then the next thing, he's actually worn the T-shirt like, alongside like ASAP and all that in Miami, and, like Art Basel. And then like every other day, I was just waking up with like another grand in my account, oh like my from sales from that. God. So that sorted me out. And what people were just searching upside down Reebok logo and coming up with your big cartel? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. a few, yeah. few blogs must have posted about it. Yeah, like, I think that was it. it. Yeah, because you, you can, you can. You can find the links from where it's sort of referenced from. So, yeah, so that was going on. And then what was you... So using off the back of that even more? So off the back of that, then it was just... I, I was just flying, innit? Like, all like... Um, you know, I did like the phone fee. You know, when all like the phone fees things was going on? Yeah. Like fabric. First place I saw them signs go out was fabric. Uh-huh. And because of all like the insurance and police reports that they had to be shown to make it an effort. Yeah. So phone fees are targeting London venues. Like the, the posters and flyers up in there. And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, I might as well say like pickpockets are operating in London since the 1200s. Also like wash your hands and wear your seatbelt. Just like, <laughs> come on. Come on. Um, so I just, I just put that on a t-shirt. Um, and that went, you know, that, that got quite a lot of traction. And then 
it was that was social commentary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like all the t-shirts I done, like they've all. It's just sort of like I know the, 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 the you know the stories behind every t-shirt. Do you know what I mean? It's all, mm. it's all a comment on something. Like some some people get it twisted. Like like it's, oh, it's banter or it's jokes. It's just like well, no, like mm. I'm highlighting something. Here. Yeah, and also like all the t-shirts are pretty much highly illegal as well. Yeah, like this isn't this is, these aren't student t-shirts. Like, yeah, they're pretty fucking rowdy. Um, so that was that. Then then when like then when fabric sort of got shut down. Yeah, I just changed it to the Met Police are targeting London venues. And that 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 sort of that got a lot of traction. And the case was called Operation Lenore. And that's what the police have called that case. Yeah. Operation Lenore. Then uh, at the same time, Lenore actually had these uh, free samples, which were Lenore Unstoppables, <laughs> <laughs> which you put in with your wash to make it smell nice. So yeah. you like you get a pack of them with every one of your your your, uh, your Met t-shirt. Police t-shirts, and then also like a sort of a printout of quite a lot of the case with all the retracted bits and Operation Lenore. Wow. Which uh, someone at Fabric kind of like sent me a. A little dossier you're of little uh, packages for people then yeah and you're selling this all off where your what your instagram yeah instagram is how people find out Instagram's about it like yeah. marketing place yeah they're, they're selling it off there. sell it off the, the website of that so what led you to do what you do now um which, how did you get there what how, who the what shop the right. shop uh so so i was doing so i was, I was selling stuff i was selling like not obscene amounts but like like, Every now and then there was good waves. Good yeah. waves of it and it was yeah. also consistent. Yeah. It's like I was selling more than anyone had managed to sell, you know, forever. Yeah. Um, Same as the beer and wraps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I was I was doing little pop up things. Uh-huh. I hate calling them pop ups. I just, yeah. I just call them golf sales, isn't it? Um so I take over a mate shop put in a function one. Yeah. And then I just, I realised like, so that, you know, because I've worked within, you know, the scene or whatever, like you go to, you go to these things, mm-hmm. like they run out of beer, all the beer's warm and or, and also like they've got two shitty Mackie monitors, right, and that's it and they're selling the stuff. And I was like, right, well, I know, I know, I know what I want is like, I want a function one and I want enough booze for everyone. And if I sell anything, that's a bonus. But at least, like, at least I did a good, yeah, you know, a good thing. So, it's a party, yeah, and it's good for brand. Like the selling stuff was a lot. It was like it was the after thing of it. Yeah. It's just like you know, because I walk in place, I'm just like, well, like, the beers run out and a fucking sound system shit. Yeah, I'm not staying. So yeah, so I'm like, I put in a function one, make sure there's enough cold beer. Everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd do those and like people would buy like at the start and then it just descends into fucking mayhem yeah <laughs> so I did all that for ages and I think it was about four or three and a half four years or something yeah and then now I've got like the studio shop space chapter three creativity Johnny grafted really hard and has learned how to mix work and play really well all coming together at his creative studio and shopping services this Tottenham. Johnny talks us how he got the space and what goes on there, the projects he's produced and what it's like working with the locals. We chat about the voice that he's found himself with through the iconic and social commentary stance of his designs. And he tells us about his viewpoints on working with brands and how he feels about them associating with culture. And also the public's response to his take on product from DJs and entertainers to midwives and graphic designers. 
and we get talking about Tottenham Textiles, his next door neighbour, and the project that they're working on, and also what he's doing next, which I'm sure will entail Harriman raise his eyes to the sky and ask, what have you got us into now, Johnny? Three and a half, four years or something. Yeah. And then now I've got like the studio shop space. When Sims. did you get that? About a year and a half ago. Is that just, was that just an opportunity you took? It, was, it wasn't uh, a plan, was it? It wasn't a plan at all. No, but I needed like a studio space to work out of. Right, so you're taking over the flat where you're living with boxes. Yeah, it's fucked. It's fucked. Uh, I had a little studio space for my Anna Lomax for a bit. Uh-huh. But, you know, when your studio's there and you live there, it's not really your space and you just can't make head or tail of it. And yeah. so, it's really just a storage unit. Yeah. You're not using it properly. Yeah. So I'd been at, um, I was at like an 808 state rave i was outside in a in the uh in a smoking area uh-huh. just like eat up and just <laughs> chatting to this bird who i knew and she's like oh you need to go and check out speak to louis at tottenham textiles so i left it about nine months I finally went in to see him yeah and he's on seven sisters road i would be walking past it twice a day every day <laughs> for like nine months so i was like all oh, right this is it <laughs> That's, this is the guy so I walked, I walked in there we got on Wicked from the off yeah and then that same afternoon I said look if you know of any spaces can you let us know that saying that, say, that morning a builder had let himself into his gaff to change the locks yeah. but it was maybe changing locks for next door because so that had just been shut down right the space next door by like SO15 terrorist squad fuck um because that, that had links like the DHKPC like the Kurdish yeah. sort of freedom yeah. fires and that um, so I ended up looking at that with the landlord Barry ended up signing a contract surrounded by like you know paintings of like um, Che Guevara and like Tito and stuff where was so, that? This, uh, he was like look if you box it all up I'll put it in storage and I was like well this is all Kurdish community so you know so there I'm not just going to box it up yeah managed to get in contact with them and they turned up sort of 10 men in a van sort of handshakes like we're all good um so I got that, got that space. I, I got the space and I was like, look, I need a studio space. I can probably rent out one of the back rooms or rent a bit of desk space. Yeah. And just like, just, just did it. Obviously didn't really end up renting out any desk space or, or nothing. Do you know what I mean? But, but just took the, just took the plunge. I always end up getting my mate Harriman like into these things with me. Yeah. And he's constantly looking at me just like another fine mess you've dragged me into. <laughs> but I usually come off, so it's all right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've been there like a year and a half now. And what goes on there? So got got like front bit is like shop space, then got studio space, got a deck and out in the kitchen, got a couple of back rooms, storage and that. I'm just going to start doing some like, sh- you know, some like little Thursday nights down there, some streaming bits and bobs. Wicked. Um, yeah you've had parties there as well and we've had some pilings yeah 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 so right. <laughs> more piling than party more yeah yeah people standing on desks and making a mess yeah and you it's can't... open to the public you can come in they can buy teas they can yeah yeah people come from near and far it's, yeah. it's mad it's seven sisters and it's on like it's still on the spicy side of things yeah so they made the effort to come all the way there like people come down from people come from tokyo and stuff fucking hell you know yeah, it's bad. What Ooh. type of press have you had? You've had like some mad press and yeah, like, like a lot of fucking interest over the years. Like it built up quite, you know, over two or three years. Yeah, well, I didn't. Like, I didn't. You know, there's this whole bootlegging thing now. 
And that's like, a movement now, isn't it? It's like yeah, a fashion statement. I didn't invent the bootlegging at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But kind of of this whole new wave, I was sort of like the first to really start hammering well, that. I think the point is, it's, it's obvious bootlegging as well. It's not like, mm. not like the shop you worked in when you were 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? Where you're trying to pass it off. Well, also, also the thing, like a lot of people do like, a lot of people now, they do these parody t-shirts. Mm. So they, they'll take the logo and they'll make it say something different. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of mine, I've taken the actual logo. Use or the that. NHS and the Knights it like it's just juxtaposing the actual logos that one from the Junior Doctors or you know what was that was that the original thought for that too well because um, you know my dear was like a mental health nurse okay right um, and then she then she got ill when I was 13 yeah. she died when I was 15 and that and then when those Junior Doctor strikes were going on like I hadn't thought about the NHS for years yeah do you know what I mean didn't even uh, cross my mind yeah then I started seeing the junior doctor things I got given a leaflet or something yeah and I was like oh, oh I swear I remember the NHS yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. the NHS <laughs> and then I, I remember this whole part of my life which I'd pretty much shut off yeah and I remembered like oh the NHS actually they played quite a big part in my life you know yeah like nurses coming around when your old dear takes a turn and then they go and like drop you off down the end of an alley. You don't know if you're coming back and your old deer's still about. Like, like all, all that shit, or going to see your old deer in Addenbrooks, like driving up there with like your brother and his like RS turbo, like red escort, dump valve lowered, like <laughs> um, all that shit. So, so when the junior doctor strikes like sort of happened and stuff, and um, you know, my nan had been like a nurse and all this kind of thing. Then I just thought like the N looked like the Nike, you know, the Ford Lightning thing. Yeah. And then the tick like NHS is good. Yeah. That's all it was. And then people commenting like, oh yeah, it's like a comment on the privatisation, commercialisation of NHS. It's just yeah. like, you know, whatever you want to think really. Don't, you don't need to read into it. Like but that. It's literally NHS. Tick. It is good, <laughs> you know. And then, um, but then it's just about like, like there hadn't been any conversations about it. Not 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 with our in our sort of like generations. Yeah, no, they hadn't. You're right. You know, this is before politics was cool. Yeah. You know, the cool win thing. Like yeah, yeah, before it's yeah. cool for like thirty seconds. Yeah. And all things like all the people that are working in the NHS is gonna is the youth. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The future of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the people that are gonna be using it are the youth. Yeah. So we sort of have to take ownership of it. You know. And and, and, be, and be proud of it, and and you know before it's gone, um, you know. So it's, it's just just about that. And it's the fucking coolest brand in the UK. It's all, so, it's, it's the best thing. Yeah. It's the best logo, and it's the yeah. best brand we fucking got. Everyone's so happy to like boost up like Nike yeah. and all these other brands, all these artists. You know, now if if you look at like that Nike Londoner advert. Yeah. Which was wicked. Yeah. Like it was a good advert and that. But my point was like everyone they featured within that advert, or like the rising sports stars or or the uh you know, all the, the music artists and stuff. Yeah. Nike haven't played any role in these people getting to, to that, that point. point. Yeah, you're right. But then all these people are happy to co sign them and then keep them at that level. Yeah. You know? And I don't see them doing anything to pick up and boost youth. Now a lot of brands are doing DIY culture and everyone's got to be a bit more aware mm. of you know what what they're doing but um, hasn't changed much though man that's a really good point you made you're right these people have built themselves up to get spotted by an ad agency let's be honest yeah 
to pull him in. Let's pull in this cool advert. It's a brilliant advert. I love that. Advert. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous bit of work by Widens. Yeah. Amazing. But you're right. That's a good point. What did Nike do? Hmm. Like none of it. Apart from supply the tick, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And like, and it's funny. Like, I mean, you know, if I'd done that T-shirt and it was just the NHS, people wouldn't have bought it. But you put Nike tick on it. Yeah. And people will buy it. Was but then, it, was it a follow-up to the? The motorway T-shirt you did, did that come first? The motorway, well, uh, yeah, the motorway won't come first. That was like, that was the M25. Yeah. And then the motorway sign and then the Adidas equipment logo. I just thought that looked a bit like the motorway sign. Yeah. And it was just a reference to the M25 where all the raves used to take place yeah. around and the orbital and stuff. Yeah. And, and it then kind of... the kickback again to Adidas. Yeah. Raving. Yeah. And then, you know, loads of these brands like have hit me up um wanting to like work with or they send me free stuff like certain ones have like blacklisted me from certain events well um the nhs t-shirt like obviously i've got kind of sh- uh kind of shut down by like you know the government for that one now nah, but well basically the letters i got was like the the logo and letters nhs are UK registered trademarks to the health secretary of state whoever's in that role so that's Jeremy Hunt Um, so it's like the government identity protection squad or something were kind of like writing to me saying you can't do this what you had to stop producing the tea yeah if you continued Um, well they're like I didn't reply to any of their emails because then I'd be sort of like holding my hands up. Mm-hmm. So I just made certain changes. I'd pixelate it and take it off sale. But then they were watching me, so then they're going, thanks for pixelating it. You know, also, can you tell us when the big poster on Holloway Road's coming down? Also, how much stock have you got left? And what? blah, blah, blah. And then I'd just, then I'd just take it offline, just, and it just disappears. Then someone famous fucking wears it again, and it's up, like, do you know what I mean? And it's on Newsnight or something. Then they come knocking again. It's just like cat and mouse. Because like, it hasn't got to cease and desist state. But it's mad, like, you know, uh, so BBC4 come and spoke to me. It's the 70th anniversary of NHS this, right. this year. So they've come and spoke to me about people's history in NHS. Uh, talking about that. Had to do chats at like Design Museum and all that shit. And are you getting to, yeah, we we'll, want to chat about that. Are you getting to explain your point about the NHS and that T-shirt? Yeah, because I don't like doing this. I don't like talking. No, I know you don't. I do this shit. I know. Because that's why I do sort of the imagery and stuff. Just you wake mm. up or you think about it. <laughs> so don't really like explaining myself much, but then... You see I've, the necessity though. Well, now I've found, because literally you're like every other day like, I get messages from all different warps of life just about like just the whole nature of what I'm doing like like inspiring them and like people really believing it and stuff so mm. it's just like so there's quite a lot of responsibility with it now where I kind of like I have to you've got to I have to speak about it yeah. and give more of sort of an insight into it because a lot of people aren't and it comes down to the fact of like you know over the last however many years you know i haven't i haven't you know taken any money off off you know off the man off like red bull no. or like you know i haven't done things for like vice and all this stuff and just a lot of people are so happy to just co-sign their content 
with these brands well, and these no, brands have done I, nothing. I'll tell you what, man, a lot, you're right. You're definitely right about that. I think the other part of it is we aspire quite wrongfully. I was chatting to someone about this the other day is that we, we do our thing and especially people that do their thing out of the, out of love. Right. Yeah. So you're doing your thing and it's predominantly out of love, but then you realize, Oh, you know what? I can pay some bills here. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it and do it better. I'm going to keep getting better. At it and keep getting yeah. Better. Inevitably you're going to get the knock at the door. Mm. Most of the time we think, Oh, wicked. I'm in. Yeah. You're meant to go through the door. Yeah. Well, because so many people do. Because it, you think, yeah, that's what, oh, wicked, look, this company's got to me and, oh, they want to work, yeah. I'm sick. Oh, we, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you haven't done that. No. No, because I... stubborn bastard. Yeah, no, I fucking won't have it. Because all of us have done that. Yeah. We all did it. Mm. Everyone you know from Brighton that come up to London. I've said everyone. Every, everyone, yeah. Ev- everyone. We've all gone and got those checks. Yeah. And you decided, I was going to keep doing sports banger. Yeah. Fuck a brand. Yeah, fuck them. Like, because, you know, because, like, where are they now? Yeah. They're not knocking on your door again. Yeah. You know, like, my, my currency, my value is my content. Yeah. So I'm not just going to hand over my content. Yeah. I'll, I'll, build, I'll deliver it through my channels and my platform. Yeah. And, you know... That's that's where I kind of stand with it. And so by by producing these types of T-shirts and the responses you're getting from people, like I've seen photos of, I saw, did I see a photo of a woman holding a medal outside Buckingham Palace wearing an NHS Oh, she's, she's literally, she's, she's the chief midwife of the Royal College of Midwives. Like, she's the first woman that led the midwives uh, strike Amazing. back in, I can't remember what year, but um, she's, uh, you know, in abortion rights and stuff. She's got an OBE. So she she was wearing a t-shirt on a medal outside Buckingham Palace. That is a beautiful photo. Um, I've had loads of messages off hospital porters, midwives, you know, people that have, you know, these NHS has saved their life, and just it was just about striking up conversation between everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, because ordinarily there's a kid in the park. Well, I go to raves. No one was coming up to me going, yeah, I, I didn't know half my mates parents worked for NHS yeah. put that t-shirt out and then suddenly there's a kid in the park going yeah do you know what the NHS is sick my mum works for NHS do you know what I mean them conversations yeah. Like, actually yeah the NHS is really good and that wasn't happening until you put it on a fucking t-shirt which is which was you know bananas really interesting to see because I'm you're right as well in saying you, you did it before it was cool and you did it not because it was cool you no it, it, you come from the art like, completely exactly but, but then but then I also, wonder yeah. There must be like, um, I wonder if there's any, it'd be amazing to get some type of graph about to see the people's responses to the NHS yeah. just before, like the months before and yeah. then six months to a year after of that t-shirt releasing. I yeah. bet there's a, there's an increase well, the, you know I mean? in the appreciation of it or the voice for it or the fact that it is a tick and it is yeah. just do it and support it. It's, um, yeah, it's really like I mean, with that as well, then you get people that buy the t-shirt because they see other people wearing it, yeah, and cool people, yeah. you know, and and then then it, it kind of sort of loses, it becomes a bit more hype and loses sort of the content of where it comes from, which is sort of but why only, I've had to talk about it yeah, a bit more. To only, be like, you have to remember as well, it's only in that light because when you're getting those photos sent to you of these people catching OBEs yeah. or whatever, and you get emails from porters or whatever, yeah, that's you know when the truth's been. Yeah, heard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant that you, you started talking. And so, what happened with the design museum? You got asked 
what fuck they reach out yeah. to you what what well it's kind of like it was it was sort of it was sort of shortlisted for like uh designer year awards that t-shirt yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was kind of shortlisted for that and then i think it was like it was in the it was in the final 70 but it didn't make it to the final 50 mm-hmm. um I think I think because the dates of it was slightly out, okay, or some shit. But then they did a talk, basically just about sort of politics and fashion, and then they asked me to come and like talk, do your bit. So I went and spoke. Was that your first time you'd spoken about the brand? Yeah, it was like it's my mate's birthday that weekend so it's like three day raz and then like a monday shut up super monday come down i was like handing i was sitting at the front holding the microphone which is quite heavy now <laughs> and sweating um with a few mates in the crowd as well but yeah i spat some bars <laughs> um just fucking just said my piece and it, it resonated a lot a lot of people come down for that to hear and it. I got a lot of messages after, yeah. which is which is uh, wicked, <laughs> which is good. You get an amazing response for the the moves you make, man. Well, uh, yeah, I mean the thing is, everything I do, I've got to stand behind it. <laughs> yeah, and well, like, and I and I and I, 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 like, I don't have to explain myself, but if I do have to, then I will. Where like, do you think you got that from? Because not everyone does that. Yeah. I don't stand behind everything I do, things I just have to do sometimes. And I wish yeah. I was that strong to be like, oh no, hang on, I've got a bit of... Yeah. Where do you think that's from? Was uh, it just something you've picked up? Like, is your dad like that? Is your brother like that? No, I don't, I don't know. I think was like, it, well, the two biggest influences on this shit without me knowing is like my old man and, yeah. and, and my mum. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, he used to work with the youth and, you know, and, and the boys clubs thing. And then, so I don't know. I'm just quite. And then the help you got whilst mum was going through what she was doing. Yeah. What she, yeah, what she was going through. Yeah. And it, like, I mean, from from early, like, I've just always hated. The thing I've hated about everything is just like with with clothes and everything. It's just like, firstly, like, are you cool enough to wear this? Yeah. And then secondly, have you got enough money to wear it? Yeah. Yeah. And then so that's sort of where a lot of my stuff is has come from and just you know if people do support my thing then other people get supported right you know i'm working with kids doing things at the minute and like you know well that's the other thing because it isn't just this t-shirt it's not yeah. just the nhs tick t-shirt that the public have been like oh wow like no you've you get messages from people saying you inspire them and you know what can i do and you tell them to come down and see you and work for you you yeah. don't give them advice. You say, come and do it yeah. in your place. You give them a space to do yeah. it. You've well, got little rats from Tottenham working for you. Yeah. I don't mean to use that word badly, but I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're little rats. They're, they're yeah. usually out there doing shit. Yeah. And here they are sitting in your shop. Well, I think I, think I just, I like, you know, at a point in my life where I needed something, like, I went to that record shop and that, like that just showed me everything and sort yeah. of saved my life yeah so, and i think i've kind of just recreated that sort of facility because there's a whole disconnect with elders and youngers now yeah like there's nowhere to like you know for them to interact no, there's nothing there's no record shops or nothing and even then like the record I mean, shops it's all kind of music related rather than this is sort of more a creative thing yeah well, there's no more specialised record shops. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, kids ain't buying records anyway. No, they, they don't give a toffee. Like. That, that bit doesn't make sense. You've got cultural shops like Chrome and Black. 
yeah. where you'll get the young going because it's part of graffiti culture or whatever. But how many yeah. other places? It's just sports banger. Mm. And it obviously a completely different crowd. It's not like you're having to split a crowd either. You've got a completely yeah. different viewpoint yeah. on the on the culture. I mean there's there's this there's this kid that come into my So I'd seen him right for I'd seen him for like a year, like raising hell round round the area. Just like <coughs> just nicking boxes of eggs, throwing things that I don't you know. A mate would watch this watch this kid go in, nick a can of monster, walk out of the shop, open it, launch it at a bus stop. Like about, you know, so I've seen this going on a year and this kid's come in the shop, he's like, How much is that Nike t shirt in the window? I was like So it's twenty quid but you can have it for a tenner. He's like, Can I have it for free? He's like, Can I have a fag? He's like, Got any money? Can I have a job? I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Slow it down. Slow it down. And then um you know, the only time he stops like setting light to his own gloves <laughs> is when you're like, you just sit there and you try and get him to draw something or like every day he's on a different bike, looks like a penny farthing. They're so big compared to him. He's like 11. You can barely like read them, right? Yeah. Um, got him to like, he, he did some drawings. I put them on like a t-shirt and a, and a hoodie. And, um, and he, he come in, he's like, oh, can, can you print off that picture from Instagram, which has got all the likes on so I can show it to my mum. Amazing. And I was like, yeah, it's the, only, it's the first time I'd seen him sort of take any, like, you know, pride or ownership over something. Yeah. Um, so those sort of things, you know. How is that kid? Um, he's, uh, I think he's grounded at the minute. Okay. But, but it's a big family and he's like, you know, he's... He's, you know, he's kicked out of school and everything. I mean, his attention is just like shot to bits. Yeah. But your shop is doing for him what? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know. Listen, even if, even if he's young, man, the mm. point is that's a spark. Like mm. he'll go off and probably be a dickhead again. No, I keep, you know, for, for, for at least the, the few, you know, injected the moments he's him. not in the shop, then he's not causing trouble. Yeah. And also it has made him think about certain things. Yeah. His older co- his cousin, who's 16, he comes in. I've got him sort of doing some bits of work for me and stuff. But then, you know, it's, um, it's a lot of time and patience and yeah. you, they need time and they patience. They do. That's what these kids need. It's amazing yeah. you're, you're giving it to them, man. Mm. I had it, I mean... My shop, a lot different, man. There wasn't really wayward kids. We had Smokey. Do you remember Smokey? No. Smokey? No. He's probably the closest to your kids. But it was like in the eight years I was there, there wasn't any wild kids really apart from Smokey and his little gang. Yeah. It was a lot of people with a lot of interest. You seem to have, like, I don't know. It's Because you're not screaming... And I don't mean this negatively, but you're not screaming a culture. Mm. You're not saying, come and be part of, or I'm part of this thing, look what I'm doing in it. Yeah. You're just doing this thing. Yeah. Which must be a lot more appealing and easy for people. Because I just, you know, the messages I've seen you put up on Instagram that you get from people and which is, I know is fully to just push the positive message is nothing more than that. You don't, it's not about the likes. Mm. It's just like, look, this is, this is, ca- this is, ca- yeah, yeah, this yeah. It's capable. Look yeah. what's happening. This yeah, is, yeah. This is resonating. Like the messages you get, it's, they're from all different types of people. Like, and yeah. it well, isn't so well, with particular. the t-shirts, like with the t-shirts, like there'll be grime kids that wear it. There'll be house kids, techno yeah. kids, jungle kids. Yeah. There'll be older artists. Yeah. There'll be midwives. Like it's just the whole. It reaches out whole thing, and um, yeah. I mean, with with 
you know, we, we've tried, uh, you know, I want to, T-shirts don't change anything, but they've helped to actually make people think about something yeah. different or get a message across. I want to do some sort of social sort of good. Yeah. So like the um, manufacturer T-shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Upside Down Ralph logo was a fucking joke as well. Yeah. Just made a mockery of that whole fucking game. The T-shirt was fire. Yeah. Much more desired than that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, done hundreds of project products now isn't it yeah. people used to go oh what's the next thing you're going to turn upside down what's the next slogan thing yeah. it's just like it's not that it didn't really work like that no. you know don't be ignorant so yeah just just really just think isn't it? yeah so you mentioned louis earlier from um tottenham textiles so uh tottenham textiles place next door to me um he's worked for different brands previously but then he then he then he was a, a sort of a tutor on one of like the atelier courses um after that then he set up his place uh in tottenham he had been there like a year before i sort of like moved in next door um so there he does sort of like pattern cutting um sort of like seamstress work he got like the button holders like all that side of this is like a, just a walk shop nearly, isn't it it's like a sort of yeah like a fabrication it's, sort of like you know it's the thing that fascinated me was like i i i'd never been afforded the opportunity to see how any of this stuff gets made yeah you you'd seen screen printing you got that seen screen printing got that yeah. and but then past that past that absolutely nothing yeah. unless you do a course then you don't get to see or how... send an image to Portugal and get it made there and sent back yeah and like you don't get to see any of the process no. or actually learn anything about it so seeing that stuff kind of you know it's, it's like walking into a studio with all the 808s 303s and samplers and stuff but it's like clothing so I walked in there I was like you know it's like a dream come true all this stuff um, and so I mean one, one thing we sort of I mean, Louis there is a wizard with all this stuff and he's got he's got a young team in there now, either people he's taught or people that have come in um, to use the facilities and uh, and me getting to see all that stuff, kind of, I want to help other people see that side of things. Because like I said, like, we've, you know, I mean, with brands, they're happy to sell you the tracksuit and the clothing, yeah. but they never show you how to make it no and they also hush down their version of how they make it yeah exactly that <laughs> so i mean one one thing we want to do and we're trying to work on is uh instead of like savile row yeah um seven sisters row wicked so it's tailored tracksuits and then and you're stocking that you're making this and stocking it in sports band uh we'll make that we've got to kind of deliver it slightly differently uh-huh through sort of a website and how we do that because I mean so it's got, yeah so I see what you mean like Seven like, Sisters Row is completely different not a new it, it's, it's completely separate because completely the, separate. the it's from the tree yeah but, yeah yeah because you know we, we're sourcing like the best short run technical fabrics which that them them themselves are a fucking nightmare to find you go to Soho you can get like you know they might have a few rolls of something half decent but it's like 40 quid a metre um, so you know so we've been to like a couple of like Premier Vision mm-hmm. where you can source decent fabrics on the mills from across Europe and across the world but then the minimums on those units are like you know thousands like you know well 500 metres of this yeah, and yeah. this and that but um, you know the idea with it is because making stuff with this fabric and then hand making it and doing tailor made tracksuits that's the idea two piece tra- tailor made tracksuits mm-hmm. is um, 
you know, the work and stuff that goes into that, the price point's got to be 300 quid, yeah. you know, plus. I mean, so in that, in, in his space, he, uh, he he's got screen printing, he's got sewing tables, he's got sewing machines. Yeah, he's all the overlockers, embroidery machines. Everything. Can yeah, all the like, vinyl so things. putting all of those skills to use. Yeah. And then using your aesthetic... But Johnny's yeah. aesthetic, not sports banger as such. But well, yeah, I mean, our, 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 his and mine's sort of, of collective aesthetic. Wicked. And then it's going to be completely separate. Yeah. And then, you know, the nice thing about sort of starting something afresh is, again, it's like 360 learning. Like yeah. you've learned, you've learned, you've, you've fucked up everything. Yeah. And so you know how you've to not, everything, yeah, yeah, so you know how to not fuck this Which one is up. the best way to learn. And then, you know, like the idea with this is then, you know, sort of to train up apprentices mm-hmm. to then sort of make help make this stuff you know so you, you you know so you've got these kids who will learn along the way but then the, the way they'll go you know, off and continue making yeah and no i mean the, the thing the world's so fickle that if we if we make a tracksuit yeah. seven sisters row and then we deliver it then at a price point of you know 300 odd quid or whatever at the front end people don't want to know that it's made by like you know, this like this little this this the shit. Shop on this, Seven Sisters. Yeah, well, not By not even guy. that. Just 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 like just like this this like tear away yeah. child or or this apprentice. Yeah, they don't want to know that at the front end. And also, if you're delivering that story at the front end, then you're keeping these kids within that bracket of like, hey, look, this is made by you know Johnny down the road like so and so down the road yeah. which is so fickle it's like there's quite an interesting like social That's aspect of point, like man. well there's there's a social thing um this guy was like trying to work out how to put 50 quid in kids hands the equivalent of like a drug deal mm-hmm. like without the drugs so so then he taught he, he he taught these kids how to like fix iPhones and stuff uh, at the front end if you're paying for this service you know you don't really want to know that it's been fixed by whoever doesn't matter. Uh, who, it doesn't matter because because it. they trained and they fixed yeah. it the same way it is with a drug dealer yeah it doesn't matter who the drug dealer is just give me the drug yeah and 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 you know and you don't want to keep these kids within that bracket of going hey this and deliver this story of like yeah. he had nothing like he learned to do this yeah. it's like he's fully he's fully trained up he does the trade yeah. this you're just buying this yeah and so, this like, doesn't, it doesn't you don't need to know him you have the undercurrent yeah you have the undercurrent where you've trained these people up and you have that thing but front end deliverable. So how do you do? You, do you tell the story or don't you tell the story? Or you? No, we don't tell the story. We, you know, we just. No. And you, what, you, you're what, buying. What boom. it can be is a fact. Yeah. And that's it. it and you, you, you're buying boom tracksuits. Yeah. Everything is like proper. Yeah. Like premium made fabrics. Everything's made proper. Yeah. Like the rest doesn't matter. Mm. You know, so working with him, finding him, and working with him. Have you done crossovers for Sports Bang, or have you done like fucked about some t-shirts? And stuff? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll like we'll chop bits apart and then put things back together. Yeah, and all this and that. And then um, there's a lot we're gonna get cracking on, but it's it's quite mad. Like with with our my spot there and his spot there, then. <laughs> You've got so many of these brands have come knocking on his yeah. door and my door, like vultures overhead. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, yo, like, you know, Let we want we want to do yeah, do our thing, and it's just like, let us breathe. Because uh, a lot of these people, like, they want to do all this, like, sort of brands are doing this slightly more engaging DIY thing, but still you're just printing their logo well, on their T-shirt. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, man, like a lot of us, a lot of us have, you know, we've we've said yes. Yeah. Work. I've, that's what my business is 
Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a position now because of my life circumstances and the way things have changed. I'm aiming my business in a certain way to satisfy me more, which is nice. Yeah. But predominantly, I've said yes. I've worked for many companies. I haven't worked for BP or anything like that, but I've worked for yeah. many and all companies and said yes. I could. I don't think I could have said. I wouldn't have had a business if I said no. But you've done. Like, I know what you've done. You've done a lot of good, isn't it? Oh, like, mate, I'm proud of what I've done. Yeah, exactly that. I'm not going to lie. Exactly like, that. Yeah, no, that'd be... that, that helps my everyday life. Yeah. You know, it, but... Um, Stand up, I mean, there's, you know, there's battles and wars, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and... and well, I tell, you, I tell you, one thing that's got to me through this whole thing, right? Uh, I've said in a couple of my meetings, but I, I can't say it too often, but I do sometimes say, fuck a brand and fuck your brand. Yeah. If we're, if we're working together, we're going to let the art win. Yeah. And that's basically what I constantly say yeah. is art wins every battle. You yeah, cannot yeah. fuck with us. Yeah, you can't fake the funk. You cannot fuck with us. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And whether you and it's not about money. Yeah. I don't care about the fact that you you've got millions of pounds and you're this soulless salesman and I'm an artist and haven't got much money. I don't care. Yeah. I win. Like yeah. we win constantly. Do you know anything But what you've done is you've cockily because I'm going to say you're fucking cocky, like, but not. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I'm a prick, right? Not, like, but not, not to people though. You're not. You're not a no. prick to people. You're, you're a prick to the right people. You're cocky to the right people. Because I'm doing this, so I don't need you. Yeah. And we're just going to keep growing. And I'm, I'm going to starve, and I'm going to work with people and learn lots of shit, and I'm going to, you know, try and understand stuff and learn as much as I possibly can, and keep saying, "No, I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'll make the decision when I'm ready." Yeah. And that, John, is fucking admirable, man, because especially as you're also the type of person, and you said it, is that you looked around and you got inspired. You saw your mates in the bedrooms, like DJing and then going out and partying and being DJs at parties. You're like, right, wicked, I've got a route there. And, you know, one step, one step, one step. And we all, everyone you've grown up with in the last 10 years, say, you've watched us all go and do a yeah. different job. Like you said, oh, they go off and they get this fucking grand here, two grand, three grand. Yeah. And yet you still built this fucking thing mental thing <laughs> yeah just speaking so much and yeah no it's funny yeah it's been one of the things my mates are like what's, what's he doing now or how, how's he done this like how's he got away with it i get a lot of i got get a lot of messages from people going like hi i was thinking about doing this but um i'm a bit worried about you know this and that you must know about copyright things or law and all that kind of stuff and i'm just like if you're thinking this and you've not even done it, it's not for you. Yeah. Don't even remember. At no point anything I've done have I thought have I thought like I might get in trouble. That's the last thing I've ever thought. I tell you what, like, I literally have not. What, though, right? That question's come from someone who doesn't know how deep you are. I'm I'm glad I know you as well as I know you. Yeah. Because I think yeah, at some point from the outside, people do just read the top. Yeah. People do just see the Nike logo more than they see the NHS logo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't yeah. get the reference too much. They do just see the top of it all. <clears throat> I think like, when people understand how much this is, like, this is so much deeper. And, well, and I've been on this since I was like, you know, like 10. 10 do exactly. you know what I mean? I'm since about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. It's um, been a, yeah. Yeah. I've made beats. I DJ. I've put on nights. Yeah. I've washed pots in pubs. I've, I've litter picked at V tags. Festival. I've seen you do tags. I've seen you walk down the street actually calling out a load of London crews. <laughs> I know. The thing is, like, people always ask that they go, Do you write? And I'm like, No. I was like, My mates wrote, so I don't have to. Do you know what I mean? 
And it was, it, you know, it was one of those things like, you know, if you hang around with like writers, yeah. if you hang around with writers, ordinarily a lot of people end up then picking, like they end up sort of writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I've never done that. And because basically, because I'm like, I don't, <laughs> would it be a shit writer why do I like, like, like I don't make you know I don't like I don't want to be I'm sh- not shit at anything I'm like what's what's my thing I'm I don't, good at this I'm I, fired yeah. like, leave me alone it's like I'm not DJing anymore like I don't want to be like a mid-range sh- DJ or a yeah. shit producer yeah. it's like oh right they produce like yeah. they've got it on got lock that, they, they that. do producing it's like what the fuck alright alright I'll, I'll do fashion fuck off <laughs> Mate, I, mean, but I hate the word fashion anyway. But. Yeah, but you've been a, another thing as well. That you've been associated with fashion. You've had your name in a fucking load of mad magazines. And yeah, it's been it's been long so like Gucci and Saint Laurent and all that stuff, which is mad. It's, it's the only it's the only brand I've seen, which is you know sits within like cheap end, you know, yeah, book out to then like actually high end stuff like juxtaposed just against that. Because I I, like, I would never have I never had my stuff. St- I had loads of people asking to stock it. Yeah. And then if my stuff was stocked along in these stores, I know what it's going to be stocked alongside. I know what brands it's going to get yeah. stocked alongside. And I, so then I just become one of them brands. It's not and because I refuse to do that, then people have never known really what it is. So then that means it does feature well, in these magazines or it does uh, the other go thing there. Is as well, you're not, that isn't even saying... I'm better than them. It's it's just no. It's sorry. It's wrong. It, yeah, it's what, not. It's, what, it's not. What you it's not, think sh- this is? It isn't. It's not streetwear. Yeah. Do you know what what you think this is? It isn't. Sorry, you're wrong. And it's them brands are cool. They're doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. They can. They, 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 them's brilliant. But no, I know exactly what you're saying. You're like, yeah. No, no, no. Actually, we don't actually fit you. I won't be pigeonholed. Like, uh. you know. Uh, big up pigeons though, as well. My granddad was a pigeon fancier. Okay. Like, yeah, I can love them guys. I hate the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> and um, okay. And what about then the the obvious fucking biting that's happened? Yeah. So for in, for instance, your Skepta video last Christmas was it last Christmas the Skepta video or two Christmases? No, uh, two oh, shut down. Shut down. Yeah. Now you've done a couple, you've done one for him in the Barbican, didn't you? You've done with, one with him in the Barbican. Well, he asked me to be in his video. Sick. So I went down to that. Wearing the, uh, which he, well, freeze. yeah, the Mr. Freeze hoodie. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he asked me to bring some t-shirts down for that. And then that video, that was a, that was a mad day. That spun me out. Um, fucking spun me out. I bet. Like he yeah, said, you, <laughs> do you know what? Because I, I was saying, like he, so he sort of like co-signed me a couple of times by wearing a couple of things and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, look, come down to my golf cell, uh-huh. and then, uh, and then didn't hear nothing back from him. And then I'm doing the golf cell, and it's like, and it's got to the point where it's gone like quite mad in there, you know. Like I'm flying, and someone's just gone, "Oh, Skeptor's behind you." I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like I turned around, I was like. I've not met him before. I was like, are you all right, Skepta? He's like, yeah, yeah, so. I was like, look, is there anything you want? He's like, yo, he's like, do you know what? This t-shirt's hard. I think that was the Gildan, Gildan Ultra. <laughs> yes. It's like Gildan Ultra print. Because people would go, you've not taken the labels out of your t-shirts. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but we're all of an age. Everyone knows that people just take the labels out and just put another one in. We all know that's what happens. Do you know what I mean? It's a Gildan. It's like... Yeah. Is it made by this brand? Yeah. Like- so, then, so then I just... So I printed Gildan Ultra on a Gildan t-shirt. Sick. And, uh, and that went mad. So anyway, so we ended up buying like some bits and bobs. And then... 
I think like, I stayed up that night and had to go and do your show in like Nottingham. And then the next day I had to go and do like a show in Birmingham or something. And then I come back Sunday and it's like Sunday night, I get a phone call from a number I don't know. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, you all right? Like, yeah, I don't know if his, his skeptic spoke to you. Like, he's doing a video tomorrow. Like, I want you to come down. Like, if you can bring some T-shirts for the stylist and stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, all right. So I woke up in the morning. I just couldn't be asked. So I was just like, I stay in bed for like another hour. So I was like, fuck it. I better go down there. So I went down there. This so, is when you were working. This is at home. So you had boxes in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So then, um, so I went down there with a few t-shirts gave like a stylist a few tees and that and then she's like look can you go away then come back because Skepta will be down later and then we'll work out what's going on so alright so I fucked off come back then the meet up was outside this Barbican like the Pret-a-Manger and I was sitting there like in like my Heli Hansen jacket metal table like sun shining into my face I was just sitting there just like just like just chain smoking menthol fags just like right this is fucking weird and there's loads of people on these other tables who are part of the thing will be like fashion people like you know yeah. cliquey trendy people we've got yeah. something to do with it or some media thing and I was sitting there for a while and I was just like and I was on my ones on the table on the back I was like this isn't really the one this isn't sort of me like and then Skepta come along and it's like he spoke to a couple of you know people get up yeah. I got up a bit just shuffled a bit and then sure enough then he fucked off and I was like right cool okay so I just sat down and had a couple of cigarettes and I was like do you know what I was like I look like a fucking beg friend now so like, everyone's talking on these other tables they don't know each other I was like I'm not I'm not having it I'm fucking off yeah and then like there's a guy with a little like earpiece con over some tables like is there a Johnny here is there a Johnny everyone's like no 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 it's like, so I get up and I run down the street I was like sorry mate are you asking for a Johnny <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm Johnny. I don't know if I'm right, Johnny. He's like, Johnny Bang. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, Skepta's asking for you, Jim. Like, I'll take you to the hotel. So, like, all right, cool. So then, so I went up into the hotel, and it's just like him, someone else, and then me. He's like, yes, Johnny. He's like, wicked. He's like, yeah. These t-shirts, like, definitely put that one in the video. He's like, the first bit of it's like white. He's like, can you can you put this cap on? It's like a white night cap with a metal tick. And I was like, I don't wear Nike and I don't wear white caps. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I can wear. It. I was like, not with a night tick on though. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. He's like, <laughs> he got a knife off the side, then broke off the metal tick and gave it back to me. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So now I'm wearing this white cap. Door's gone. Doof doof. It's like, hold a boy, better know. And I was just like, so I just opened the door and I was just like spudding like, all right, shorty, on maximum. So. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, then the director person gone right. You, you can take three people down, get in the G wagon with you. So like, who do you want? He's like, I want Johnny. He's like, I want KJ. I want Akin. I was like, oh, that's sweet. So I get led out of like, the hotel, past all these cunts. Do you know what I mean? All these cliquey yeah, fucking yeah, like yeah. fashion like, cunts. Get led led out past them to like the white Mercedes G wagon. I was just like, yeah. Yes. I was like, fuck that's you, lot. Like, fuck <laughs> yeah. you. And then 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 I was in like then I was in the video. I was like, I was like, what the fuck do I do now? he's like oh you get on the left and I was like yeah I was like can I sit on the wall he's like yeah cool and I was sitting there I was just thinking of all my mates I was thinking like what is Ollie going to say what's Lizzie going to say he's like <laughs> I'm in a fucking Skepta video now I was like how am I wearing a white cap how am I get, how the fuck am I getting away with this so I just sat there I was like I don't want to look too confused and I don't want to try and look like <laughs> tough or something <laughs> so so I just so I just fucking I just started chain smoking fucking fags again and then like and then, then like 
two months later or whatever, when a video came out, I woke up and it's like afternoon. And I had like all these missed calls. So I'm like, they're like, yeah, video's out. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I just hung up the phone, put it down, and just like looked at the video because everyone would love to see me fall off. Do you know what I mean? They'd love to see me fucking really make a tit of myself. And then I, then I watched it. I was just like, mate, you I, was like, I, was like, I was like, yeah, I fucking got away with that one. Good. Sweet. But that's the best thing. Like, I mean, you know, you get you get people who would just like love to see you fucking just it, it just cock up it or just some people you know or love to see that it they they love to do that even like the t-shirts I put out as well as like, I always look I always think about like how every design could be sort of perceived or like or if I do a design like is that a bit beggy or bait yeah. or this or that or like you know can I stand behind this and like you try to stay consistent with each piece and yeah which is hard like but if you if you look at all the like teas i put out like not not many people have it where i've had like smashes do you know what i mean uh, I'd, like like big t big t-shirts i but listen man like I, I retailed for whatever however long had the shop was there in teas all those years and I'd never had a t-shirt that went like beer and rap yeah and when I saw Sports Banger start and I saw I, I saw the movement of Free Talisa and all that but it was wicked yes Johnny's mad yeah. got him fully understand this Johnny wicked yeah but then when I saw Sports Banger I knew I was just like you're just gonna wipe the floor man this is a different type of this isn't Supreme no well, the, the best thing someone wrote they're like, like was just like you know, people in America would not get any of these references. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And also, also I remember a mate saying like, he had a t-shirt. I was like, how much is your t-shirt? Like, is it, you know, is it 29.99? He's yeah. like, or his jumper. I was like, is it 49.99? He's like, no, it's 50 pounds. He's like, there's no 99s in fashion. <laughs> so I was like, wicked. Everything I ever do is going to be 99. <laughs> this isn't fashion. This is <laughs> this isn't fashion. This is not fashion. This is something else. 99, 99. Yeah, it's just 99s all over yeah, the don't shop. Fucking put me in that box. I'll stay open out here. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. It's a fuck. It's a brilliant ethos journey, and I, it, it, I know it isn't about. It's not about making money at all. It's just it's just about paying your bills and yeah, keeping that shop door right. Just trying to live. But I'll tell you this what, it's, you it's found this shop you found as well is just nuts. But go on, sorry. Yeah, it's a dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, saying that, t-shirts is still one of the few like you know discernible things where there's a fucking markup on them, isn't it? Mate, there's a markup on them. But how many people do we know? I fuck. How many times did I fucking start? I, I sold a million. I tried to sell it. Well, I see people doing it now and, and a load of people but, who have sort of ridden off the things I've done. But they we've get... got friends who've done five brands. Yeah. Not one of them clicked. Yeah. <clears throat> your, it's, it's your style. It's the, what you, your, as I said, your ethos. Because, yeah, I don't know. You haven't, you haven't even claimed the culture. Yeah. You haven't even claimed the culture. You're not even, it's... You're being weird. It's every man, what you said. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's invited. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like for you know, for every 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 one hype kid, there's ten normal ones. Yeah. And the nature of hype, it dies. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, I say that, and I'm not saying about our mates who have done five brands. I've done a, like I've, all my brands have always been rare kind, but I've done yeah. I've been in loads of different ways. Mm. But um, and done a right of it, but not 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 to the extent you've done it. And I, and I'm us all doing that 
is brilliant because it's all been yeah. parts of our journeys. Yeah. What you've done. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think it comes down to as well. Like some people sit at home and they go, I'm going to do t-shirts and I've just invented yeah. this name for this brand of this t-shirt. Like I didn't do that. Do you know what I mean? No, I think, well, actually, I think actually what this is, is just you. Yeah. It isn't, it isn't illustrator and some designs in a book with those little sketches. It's, well, I can't even use Photoshop and stuff. But it's your, it's basically, it's just, it's how you are every day. It's the things you are. Yeah. Translated onto tees. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just turning my life through t-shirts because I, I struggle with words in it. I wonder, like, so just going quickly, go back to Leo and Charlie, like with them doing all those mad ideas and that, was that yeah. kind of, that must have been really inspiring yeah like, or actually giving you some confidence in like all right wicked i can i can go that far with it i can just yeah yeah because because cause you kind of mentioned it and i'm just thinking later on hearing more i'm like oh wow like you took like like the website with the pixels yeah. the five pound pixels yeah 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 like, what the fuck yeah all that shit yeah because i really basically like i nearly didn't do the free to lose the t-shirt you know what i mean i yeah. nearly didn't do the nigeria i nearly didn't go and whop that thing on the alexander wang van like i nearly didn't do a lot of these things and then or I nearly didn't go out to that night and then this happened so if I have an idea or something like I have to I have to do it you, you I have to get it out otherwise yeah. for, for weeks I'll be like I should have fucking done that yeah. and I won't be left with that so any, any idea I have well, I try yeah, so, and do uh, big up Leo and Charlie but what you just said I, I saw that in Brighton yeah. But what I think Leo and Charlie, because the other thing you've done is, is learned in each step you've gone through, like for all the people you've worked with or worked for or whatever the yeah. situation was. Like, and I think Leo and Charlie probably just helped you reaffirm and maybe, you know, help you tune in, the fa harness the freedom of ideas and... Yeah, yeah, it was that, yeah. That type like, of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because you've learned many things along the way. You're combining a lot of shit, like you're learning now with Louis. Yeah you know this yeah. next level of clothing making yeah basically nothing matters and you can literally do whatever you want it's, that's well, it's the shit it's that's like it. use what you got and do what you can yeah and I said there's so many people put restrictions on themselves like oh yeah. I can't do this because of that it's all possible use what you got do you know what I mean and, yeah. and you know and and ask for help like, yeah. ask your mates isn't it yeah it's like everything I've done has been like I'll call up my go look can I, can I borrow a couple of bags or like oh can you help me with this yeah just all the people you meet I'm just interested in heart and passion in it anyone you meet just find out what they're into because yeah. you might be able to help them they might be able to help you yeah. not not what they do just what are you into find yeah, out yeah, what the passion yeah, yeah. is do you yeah. know what I mean Fuck I'm just job. interested what in that into? Yeah. 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 yeah so have you got um, you had a nice start to 2018 uh, yeah fucking halfway through it now aren't we oh, fuck we are aren't we yes, yeah we um, yeah good start I mean I'm doing my first official collab now yeah which comes out next month uh and who's that with slazenger sick which uh like i've had i've had quite a few brands ask to want to do stuff before uh -huh. and no, so i've just uh, said no yeah but then this was i like slazenger because you know every 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 brand that's doing stuff now it, it, 90s referencing stuff yeah but like all that stuff sort of came from the sounds yeah and now they've, they're just dragging all this stuff out and they're just putting it out there and there's no sound behind it you yeah know? no you're right and like and like with Slazenger I like it because there's no 90s connotations 
you know it's just it's just the every man the grafters thing the plaster is like like whatever it's just there so um and they've let me sort of you know really fucking and they reach out to you yeah they they come down and chatted to me wow um so it's like a 30 odd piece collection got loads of bits and bobs like you know we've done we've done i don't like the slazenge banger trainers and I wasn't going to do trainers because you can't change people's trainer buying habits. Yeah. No, I'm a Reebok Classic person, but then over the last couple of years, you've seen what's happened with the Reebok Classic. Mm-hmm. It's now sort of been gentrified. The only place you could, could get Reebok Classic was like 47 quid in Sports Direct. Yeah. And then now, now it's been, now it sits at a price point of like 60, 65 quid. It's in size. It's in like, you know, ASOS, everything. And they cut off the supply to Sports Direct. Have they? Yeah. Like you can you can get these weird ones which are like you know Reebok Club C or Club or something. Whatever but, they are, yeah. Or no, the Royal Flag ones, I think it is. But you like Reebok Classics. Like no, yeah. you can get them in the USC area, uh-huh. Sports Direct. Okay. Which is sort of the design of fashion. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Well, you know, I'll do the trainers. I'll do them for twenty nine ninety nine. And like there you go. Because uh, I, I own ReeboxLondon.com as well, isn't it? I you just, own ReeboxLondon.com? Oh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, like, when I can't sleep, I just go and buy shit, innit? Um, so, yeah. So, I, I originally did that. You remember, you remember the, the rumour with, like, the, the ice soles with the fivers in? Yeah. Reebok Classics. Yeah. So, I remember that from when I was in, you know, school in Colchester and stuff. And then, and then... Like a couple of years ago, I got an email from Web Domain One Two Three. It's like, do you want to renew this website? It's like RebootLondon.com. I was like, oh, I fucking forgot I bought that. <laughs> so then, so then I put a website up and I and I just filled the screen with fivers. Yeah. And I was selling each fiver for a fiver. Yeah. Like when you could buy pixels on websites, that kind of thing. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I was selling each fiver on there for a fiver, and I was laminating a fiver. And then sending it back to you. Shut you get, up. You get your fiver back, but it's a bit of a lost leader to me because I've got to pay postage. Yeah. But that was just referencing sort of that trainer and, yeah, yeah. and 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 that whole myth and um and stuff, the whole kids for fiver thing. And then so when I've done these trainers and I've got I actually got the okay from the Bank of England to to print the fivers on the bottom of these wow. trainers. On the um, Slessinger? Yeah. Sick. Yeah, which is quite mad. Are they dropping in June as well? Yeah. Yeah, three pairs. Skepta's got two pairs of trainers. I've got three pairs coming out at the same time. Come on. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing, man. Yeah, i got lots of... Um, basically, I'll cut a good deal with them, so I'll basically get the fashion money. And then coming back for the raves and doing doing a record label this year. Yeah? Yeah. What music will it be? It's kind of like... Sort of like... UK... Like electro squatty techno the 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 label's called Harris mm-hmm. like after Harris fencing mm-hmm. so the music sounds like what the fence looks like so that's basically the brief the music sounds like what the fence looks like yeah I it's like just like it. hard obnoxious industrial but kind of design led yeah um, so it's nice to actually find nice. a sound soundtrack the t-shirts because I see the t-shirts about or at raves or like you know, or someone's running it, and it's just like it's just like the t-shirt doesn't sound like that. Like this is what the t-shirt sounds this like. Sounds like sort of two two fingers up, yeah. obnoxious, like yeah, rowdy. Some more to the sports banger world. A lot more. Yeah, I got yeah, I got loads, loads, loads on. But you know, get it out in it. Just keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. Just keep it keep doing? it moving. 
Artist age 28. Artist age 28. That's <laughs> yeah. wicked, man. Nice. Keeping it young and fresh. Yeah. Listen, Jay, man, thank you very much for coming cool. on and doing that. So, that is. I think there's a, uh, yeah, I skipped over a lot, but I think there's a, you there's a crux. crux of, I know more about you than we've spoke about, but yeah. I, think we've, I think we've told them a really good, solid story, man. I'm sure everyone's going to like it. Yeah. Just uh, big up your mates, innit? Big up your mates. Big up your mates. That's <laughs> <laughs> the one. Yeah. <laughs> Read into that. Thank you very much, Jay, man. Cool. So far. What a journey. Johnny likes the simple things in life, a fresh pair of classics, a nice fitting tracksuit and some electronic music to listen to with his friends. But it's not been easy, especially after losing his mother. He could have reacted in such a different way, but he's aware of his surroundings, he watches, and as he said early on in the interview, no one needed him to start playing up when his mum passed. He had every right to though, no one would have blamed him, but that was the decision he made. To me, that was the start of a boy becoming a man, and a man who would somehow use the same notion and idea of, no one needs that for me, but I could help with this, through most of his choices over the years that followed. Beer and rap was for the people. Free Talisa was for the people. Team Nigella, for the people. Sports Banger, it's for the people. His mum and dad showed him and taught him the importance of being part of something. Her with the NHS, him with youth activities. He worked from a young age and finding music helped him through his loss and gave him some great friends and a very interesting path to adulthood, which reinforces my belief from probably a lot of yours too. Art wins, we won again. Culture was there for Johnny. Johnny's now moulding his own. What a journey. I hope you really enjoyed that. And go and check Johnny on Instagram. It's hilarious, at SportsBanger. And also his web shop, sportsbanger.com. But best of all, go and take a trip to Seven Sisters on the Vicky line and pay him a visit. It's an amazing space. I'm really proud of Johnny. It's a real privilege to have known him all these years and to watch the moves he's made. Really looking forward to his Slashinger collaboration and whatever else the future holds for him. Big ups, Johnny. Much love to Harryman, Lomax, Proper, Vibes, Knees and the rest of the crew great conversation. Remember, love your city and love your culture. This is F24.